0: Welcome. Here you will hear stories of the unknown, tales of the twisted and terrible that have been silenced, the strange and the transcendent, riddles, secrets. As your guides, we will take you on an expedition where the curtain between worlds is torn. This is the farthest reaches.
1: Oh, there was salt on those chips and they're in my eyes now. Oh no, Can you I poor haven't? baby.
2: Ah. My, my, my
0: salty chips, it's my defense mechanism. Oh. He rubs them in his eyes and then he just becomes <laughs> paralyzed from the waist out. You Damn, get that? girl. <laughs> what else do you do with that mouth? Talk back. Hell yeah. I <laughs> know <or> that's true. <laughs> how, you, how you doing, Josh? You need to flush your eyes out. Should I have one of those eyewash stations over there?
3: Oh yeah, like from high school. Exactly. Yeah. I never got to use it though. I never um, got to see anybody use it. I know, sad.
0: It's just water. They made it seem so dangerous. No, when but you weren't it was like a like, no! water fountain
3: for your eyes. It was all special.
0: Yeah, my eyes don't need water.
3: What do you give them, Mountain Dew?
0: Oh, <laughs> could you imagine if your tears were like that? Mountain Dew, root beer, red yeah. cream soda, change it all you want. Be
3: catching it in my Oh my hunt. God,
0: I'd be my own like freestyle machine. <laughs> Wouldn't be fucking killer? Anyway, what's going on everybody? This is the Farthest Reaches podcast where we talk about spooky stuff with me. Is Josh. Hi. And Cassandra. Hi. And I am your host. That was cute. Co-host, I guess. <laughs> Matthew. <clears throat> Hi. So how are y'all doing out there? We hope you're doing fine. We're doing just fine, oh, even though we got God. God, for yourself. we got we got one plague on the side of uh, Corona, and we got the other plague of cicadas going yeah. on here. And then you this know is, the universe oh, has
1: fought us about recording. that's
0: true Um, I had a really bad infection in
1: my face my fucking teeth tried to kill me
0: yeah we made a a post on social media (laughs) saying that uh, we were kind of down and out for a little while and we would get to you next week hopefully and yeah Josh was suffering some uh, some I, I come back to you
1: guys with two missing teeth
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He had some oral issues Mm. (laughs) I had no part of. And I was just sick. I had a sinus infection. Half of my face felt just completely, I don't know, tense. It was fucked up. I didn't like it at all. And I was just
3: perfect. Absolutely nothing wrong with me ever. My life is perfect. So, you know, know?
1: the
0: universe Mm. just said, fuck you guys. I'm glowing. I'm living my best life. I told her she could have done these episodes. She goes, fuck, I don't work for you. We what? Huh? What happened? Nothing. How you doing? You paid me? Uh, you no. want to pay me? No. I will say. I pay you with love. I want money. I am very excited about our topic today. Oh and my God. Okay, so everyone listening to this episode obviously knows what the topic is because they read the title of it and that made them go, huh, and then they decided what to listen to What if you just call it. it
3: Untitled? Oh,
0: well, I, I could. That won't get us any views. Yeah, come on. It's
3: mysterious. It might.
0: Yeah, but if people the want to mystery. search for a specific topic, that topic will never show up.
3: That's
0: fine. They don't. No, need it's to not hear this. fine. You want to be rich and famous. But I love um,
1: this because we, it just—it has everything. It, it, it like, does. It, it's got you know your your UFOs, it's the melting
3: pot your, of spooky. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, your UFOs, your cryptids, your fucking like poltergeist activity. You're just. Disembodied voices, everything. Dead it's cows. Just,
0: when it comes to high, yeah, cattle dead mutilations. Cows. Oh, dead cow! I thought you said like dead mouse or something. I was like, yeah, what's you know, he dead doing mouse, here? You know, you yeah. can have some. Yeah, dead mouse. Beats. Yeah. Ah, oh, cool shit. But dude. yeah, like Sick when it beats. comes to just like high strangeness <laughs> comes, this place, and in this case is the <laughs> highest on my list. Now, one of the reasons that I'm really interested. Uh, Well, excited to do this episode is you and I obviously know heavily about it, but she does not. She knows some. I
3: know quite a bit. I have watched the Skinwalker show with you.
0: Well, here's the thing. Yeah, so anyone out there who, again, has looked at the title of this episode and was like, wow, no way, they're doing this one? Uh, there is actually now a series on History Channel titled, I think, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. I don't think it's Secrets. I think it's, it's also a documentary on Amazon or Netflix, which, one of the two. I can't which can't I also which watched. Which I watched on, I think it was on Amazon Prime, I watched it, but Hunt for the Skinwalker, uh, which, you know, by the same name is a, a book. That uh, we will be referencing to because that is our main source of information today. That and another book, as well as some websites I found. Book. Very good book. Very fun read. Guys,
3: Matt read the book. I
0: read. Can I you read.
1: Fucking I read the book for it. this
0: episode. This is actually also probably our first big hitter since Roswell. This is a heavyweight for yeah. sure. Uh, first of 2021, this will be our first heavy hitter. That's for sure. And it will be probably, oh, it would be two to three parts, I would think. Good. I would think it'd be kind of a two to three, uh, like tea. Big
1: oh yeah, it's it, it, it almost is hard to put into one episode. Oh, like there's
0: just fucking way too much. It's absolutely insane. It's hard to categorize what this is. Yeah, um, but high, no. high strangeness mm-hmm. is the best way to really. Oh yeah, put it. It's fucked up. That works too. Uh, but, yeah, there's a there's a show on History Channel called Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, which is, of course, your typical kind of paranormal reality yeah. show. But it's kind of fun to watch if you just want to sit down late at night like I do and just turn it on and just be like, look at them fuckers go. Wow. Look, it's all light in the sky and they documented it as a spaceship. Yep. You know, shit like that. Um, but, yeah, so I don't think we've said it yet, have we? But Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, cue the little music there, Cassandra. You got that? Hit that mixer board right there. Hit it. That was a turntable. That was not a mix.
3: Oh god. Hey, baby, you have a lot to learn. So
0: yeah, it all makes sounds.
3: Look, I have a lot to learn from you, and you have a lot to learn from me. That's why it works.
0: <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> skinwalker Ranch, like Josh said, is just think this. think Hidden
3: Valley could never pick that up. Maybe do That's what I little... was thinking.
0: Like, Skinwalker Ranch dressing? Yeah. Dude, that'd be fucking killer. I know. It should make it. What? What? Like made Don't with, sigh. Made with 2% <laughs>
3: real Skinwalker.
0: Yeah. Oh, look at you go. I, this is why I married you.
3: Yeah. Pretty genius. Absolutely
0: incredible. Skinwalker Ranch dressing. Yep. What do you think of it would taste like? Ranch with what? What do you uh, think? What do you think Skinwalker tastes like? Like a uh, raisin. Wet dog. Death. Death. A, a Death. A skin tag. Death and wet dog. A skin. tag. Uh, God, that was gross. <laughs> a skin tag. Yeah. <laughs> Ew, God <laughs> They're damn. just
3: extra, so people can get them cut off, and they can use it. No one. No one's missing out if they don't have their skin tag.
0: Oh God. <laughs> so yeah, uh, if anyone out there, after listening to this episode, or not and you want to shoot us uh something on social media or the email about today's topic you know feel free to you can hit us up at the farthest reaches on facebook and instagram and tfrpod official on twitter and the farthest reaches podcast at gmail.com yeah and if you're listening to this and you're out in utah and you've ever like been
1: because i know it's an actual like private rant but if you've been near Skinwalker Ranch, like let us know. Yeah, have you been near I mean, Skinwalker Ranch? Just, I mean, Utah in general. There's always UFO activity out there. Oh yeah, like if, it's fucking
0: popping. If you've even had a Skinwalker encounter, let us know. And we have a group on Facebook. Answer three simple questions to get in there, so we know you're not a bot and you are a real flesh and blood human being. What's
3: wrong with a bot? That's discriminatory. Uh, discriminatory. Dig- Is that the word? Th-
1: I was going to say, unless you're a bot that can answer questions and fucking, I guess, welcome aboard. Wow,
0: artificial AI. That's that's insane.
3: Artificial AI. Yeah,
0: I know. I said it and then I sounded <laughs> dumb. And that's I, like
3: rest, like whip in pieces. I quit. <laughs>
0: I quit. It's pin number, right? Pin yeah, number. Yeah, exactly. Let's just say pin. Uh, yeah, wow. ATM, ATM machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you've had any weird encounters, uh, hit, us, hit us up. Uh, yeah, the. the um, but I was like talking about the group the group. Yeah, we're going to have a discussion about this this episode and this series you know, in the next month or so. Uh but yeah, without further ado, I say we get into today's topic cuz that's what is our job. Right? You yep. guys are getting paid for this? Is that English? No. Um, not every job's pay.
3: I want I want to get paid.
0: I should say not every job gets paid money. But Anyway, what are
3: you getting paid in? Then?
0: So, uh, god, you know what? <laughs> the list goes on. So Skinwalker Ranch, what I'm going to start with today. Today's episode part 1 here is mainly going to be the history of the land. And then I'm going to work my way up to Skinwalker Ranch itself. Um and I will go over a few uh, encounters here and there with some of the paranormal stuff that's happened in the general area, and maybe not necessarily so much of the ranch, but I think I will end uh, with the main points where this story takes place, the main time, the main era that this this takes place and uh might do one or two accounts from that as well but
1: there's a lot
0: there's a lot and the majority of what's going to be talked about in skinwalker ranch the majority of what people know about skinwalker ranch that want to what they want to hear is probably going to take place in part two at least but part two and part three will be where stuff really starts just going it's important to set the groundwork for this because like
1: i said that area i think it's like the uinton basin how, the, it, how do they say it the, the, the Uinta. yeah like that area is just fucking ripe with activity it's essentially a portal of just everything it's yeah a, it's an amalgamation of
0: ufos cryptids paranormal like it's just it's yeah exactly there. and it's, it's good, a melting pot it's a good yeah just like sandra said yeah look at you
3: i love eating there
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's good um but no yeah exactly that it's good to know the history of this stuff so you can kind of almost have some sort of weird appreciation for it yep it's, it just helps you better understand it simply as that so um yeah located within the uinta basin of utah lies an approximate 512 acre property that is recognized as the most scientifically studied paranormal hotspot in the world skinwalker ranch which is, of course, a terrifying moniker that have been bestowed to the property in a combined effort from the natives of that land and the ever so loving internet. Because it really wasn't known about um, or even really given that name till maybe the last decade or two. Yep. Yeah, that's how recent this is. And just to clarify, I know I said 512 acre property, uh, other articles and podcasts and stuff, even the book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, says 480 acre property. But typically well, what it is now is 512. So I think what they did is literally just bought and added parcels of land to it. So it technically is 512 acres. Now, I don't know if at the time of the book and where the majority of the story takes place, it was 480 acres or if they just disregard a piece of the land because no one uses. I'm not entirely sure. But as it stands right now, it's 512 acres. So, before that name, before Skinwalker Ranch was called Skinwalker Ranch, um, the ranch was known as the Sherman Ranch for the uh, Sherman family that lived there from 1994 to 1996. Terry and Gwen Sherman, along with their two children, would occupy the ranch for a dreadful two years that would practically ruin them, both financially and psychologically, Over the last few decades, Skinwalker Ranch would essentially become the centerfold of every issue of paranormal playboy you could think of. The ranch has seen its fair share of people over the years, with some even being scientists and government officials, even from the Department of Defense, for example. And both of those had interest in the mysterious activity that was happening on the property residents, neighbors, passerbys, along with those aforementioned scientists and government officials have seen and heard anything you can possibly think of. UFOs, portals, strange creatures, mysterious humanoids, cattle mutilations, the movement and disappearances of household objects, ghostly laughter and apparitions and orbs and telepathy from unknown entities, and even the overbearing sense of fear that no one has ever felt before. Now, the frustrating thing with
1: Skinwalker Ranch, though, is the lack of physical evidence. And I do note that. You are correct. That is the very frustrating thing because, I mean, a lot of the accounts are secondhand accounts. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. just, you pretty much just have
0: to take what's being said, like, at its word, yeah. There's no empirical evidence of this, unfortunately. Yeah. There's even later, and I'll get into it. I think probably part three of this. Uh, there is a, an investigative, like, research team that comes in, and they've even stated that we have "quote unquote" evidence, like pictures, for example. But um, you know, if they witness a portal opening up. On this ranch and they snap shots of it once the film was developed and they look at it it just looks like a star in the background yep you know it just looks like a normal light none of it seems to point towards the paranormal even though it might be right there on no on camera or on you know graphical data you know meter readings of sorts whether it be radiation or whatever it is Uh, so they can't prove that it is paranormal even though some stuff apparently has been caught but no one has seen anything To this day. Yeah. And they have done tests on the property to like test for like uh,
1: hallucinogenic properties and plants and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. They've tested the water. They've tested everything just to make sure people aren't just being exposed to some kind of
0: hallucinogenic, uh, like, thing that's out there and yeah like um some people think the dancing plague of 1518 yeah someone you know, ingested some weird hallucinogenic property and then they all started dancing and some danced to their death and it was just unbelievably weird uh obviously we don't know for sure but that's sort of the kind of idea they had in their head when they went like this they decided to see if there was anything that could pose a, th- a threat to if you will you know the human mind um, it, it, but it, there wasn't
1: and it's weird that it seemed to start with the Shermans or the Gormans, as they're known in the book, but yeah. they uh, because they originally went under the, the pseudonym Gorman, but they originally they they eventually came out and like actually said their real names, which is why we mentioned the real names. Um, but like the family that owned the property beforehand, they did like when the uh, Shermans bought it, they had like they found like the deadbolts and stuff like that, but. The, I think it was the brother of the owners said that there was like, they didn't experience anything. So mm-hmm. either they didn't experience anything or they didn't want to talk about it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Cause they, it's talk, very they convoluted.
1: Cause, Cause I mean, they found all kinds of, I mean, there were deadbolts on like every door, drawers, anything that like, pretty
0: much could open there were deadbolts. So yeah, this yeah, this space so it's, is it's like so weird. It's like paranormal's greatest hits. Uh-huh. It's like a fucking CD, is what it'll <laughs> be like.
3: Now that's what I call paranormal activity. <laughs> Volume <laughs> yes. seventy-three. Ooh, I'd buy it. <laughs> Including hits such as
0: Doors opening. <laughs> Disappearing <laughs> items.
3: UFOs. <laughs> get out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so before I get any further, just so listeners know, this property is privately owned. You cannot just go and visit Skinwalker Ranch unless I think you're fucking Ghost Y'all Adventures. Y'all
3: be trespassing now. I
0: think Ghost Adventures did it. Or maybe they did Stardust Ranch, which is close by. I can't remember. But it's a serious bummer because could you imagine the tourism this place would get?
3: Oh, yeah. Or like camp out overnight at Skinwalker Ranch.
0: Oh, and- my God. I would pay for that in a heartbeat. Oh, yep. yeah. Oh, fucking Christ. Uh, but I'm sure due to, you know, liability and the quote-unquote, like, you know, what if something Well, yeah, something people have gotten
3: hurt. And and- exactly. Yeah. So
0: I'm I'm... I'm obviously sure. sure. That's just why. Just sign
3: a waiver, you know. Sign,
0: just a sign the damn two hundred page waiver, dude. That waiver would be huge. <laughs> so most of the information for this series comes from two books. The first is Hunt for the Skinwalker by Colm A. Kelleher, PhD, who is a biochemist, and George Knapp, which is an investigative journalist. And some of you who are into this field might know of George Knapp. He broke the story about Bob Lazar, Bob Lazar, the guy that worked at Area or S Four and uh, witnessed a bunch of craft and other usually UFO related topics yep. but he's got his own website mysterywire.com where they talk about anything strange and weird but it's mostly UFO stuff Uh, The title of this book might be a little misleading because there really is no necessarily hunting for a skinwalker, and there might be some chapters within it that don't necessarily have to be there. But it does make a complete cohesive story. It's incredibly fun. I could not put the book down, and I highly recommend it if anyone's interested on this topic. It is kind of
1: a misleading title because, like, when people like when you hear people talk about like Skinwalker Ranch or just the name, you expect it to be something that's just being plagued with like. Skinwalker yeah, activity exactly
0: very much very not no 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 not at all um so our second source is the Utah UFO display by Frank B Salisbury <laughs> and in collaboration with Joseph jr Hicks I know could you imagine having the last name of Salisbury yeah I think you it was any food wouldn't
3: you get hungry all the time I
0: You would think I would. Yeah, I I would. would. I know. Anytime someone says my name in class, you know, if they call me by my last name, or if I went to a, you would have a lunch (laughs) schedule at school named after you. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, I would. Uh, But yeah, this book was by Frank B Salisbury and in collaboration with Joseph Junior Hicks, which Hicks is someone I will get into a little bit later. But the book examines the UFO data um, in the context of modern science around the Utah. Uh, more so the UN, uh, uh Basin, excuse yep. me. In the process, Salisbury and Hicks interview countless Utah witnesses who adamantly believe that they have experienced what is the UFO phenomenon. Uh, you can also visit skinwalkerranch.org, uh, which seems to be a pretty uh, well-in-depth and researched uh, website. It looks like it's straight from like the 2000s. It's absolutely horrible looking. But they got some... Uh, Interesting uh, information up there. Some things I can only find on that site. So I'm not sure how credible it is because no one yeah. else seems to know it. Um, you can also visit Skinwalker dash ranch.com and it's of course not d-a-s-h or hyphen it's like the actual icon but skinwalker-ranch.com uh for more history and some random pictures you know like the property there's even like some weird mysterious metallic rods they find that no one knows what the hell they're for um you know if you need to get a visual of some stuff going on and even some of the uh, investigative team members there whether it be the ones back in the day or the ones that are they are currently for the History Channel show. Uh, yeah, go check those out. But that's where our sources come from today. Um, and so, with that, I will now really dive into the history of the land and its inhabitants. So, a couple of disclaimers at first. I just want to mention that this might be viewed as like a disservice to uh, the Navajos and possibly the Ute Indians, since the subject of skinwalkers is supposed to be forbidden knowledge. It's- that's why a lot of
1: the like people that claim to be like experts of skinwalkers, it's all bullshit. You guys are bullshit. There's exactly. The like, I mean, the Navajo Indians—they're very secretive about their legends. It's part of the reason why I believe a lot of their legends come from some kind of root of truth. Yeah, yeah, it's because not- most
3: legends are born in some sort of truth. Yeah.
1: I mean, I have all all the respect for, you know, everybody, like, that deals with, like, you know, just any of the Native Americans and all that. Just their legends, are, I love them so much.
0: Yeah. If anyone out there claims to be an expert on skinwalkers, it is simply a lie. Because to the Navajos and the Utes, where the majority of skinwalker legend is proposed, even though there are other tribes, maybe like the Comanche or the, um, the Paiutes, um, but... They don't openly talk about the stuff even amongst themselves they don't they don't like to do it at all because they believe you know if you do talk about it if one is near and one can you know overhear you nope. then you're you could possibly be a victim of the skinwalker so they're like we don't even wouldn't even do it that's why we need our great whistleblowers Colin a <laughs> Kelleher and George Knapp
3: well that reminds me of the ghost adventures episode because when they were going out there to try and like find these skinwalkers the guy talking to him that's from that area was like you wouldn't you wouldn't be going out there if you do believe in them. And Zach's like, "Oh, I do believe in them." He's like, "No, you don't. Because if you actually that's a believe, good point. that's he literally told him. He's like, you 'You don't actually believe in this stuff.' Because why are you going out there? Because if you oh, yeah, believe I mean, in it, you they, would not be going out there. That's a great
2: fucking he point." He's like, "No,
3: I totally do." And the guy's like, "Shut up!" Oh yeah, no, you like don't.
1: there's all kinds of like beliefs, like whistling at night, like they like you know they mm-hmm. don't do it because they believe that it, yeah. it like attracts the right. skinwalkers.
3: Yeah, like if you really did believe that, why are you going to go put yourself in jeopardy and, you know, fuck with something that yeah. that's scary? I mean, we all, we all
1: know Zach Baggins is a joke anyway, so.
3: Yeah, but he's he's my joke. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that
0: was Matt. He's a never-ending joke.
3: Um, yeah. Uh,
0: you know. But yeah, feeling feeling that deeply concerned about a topic, mm-hmm. you know, amongst your own people, it really says something. You know, no ifs, ands, or buts about don't fuck with Skywalkers, period. Just mm-hmm. do not. Uh, so with great respect to that, um, and I want to express that we will try our damnedest here to get the stories, the history, and the culture, and the events of these legends and uh, and such just as accurate as possible, according to the sources that I had looked into. And, uh, yeah, I think without uh, further ado, I'll get into this. The Uinta Basin area has been inhabited by Native American tribes for more than 12 thousand years.
3: That's a long time.
0: During the ethno-historical period, from about 1380 AD to present day, the Uinta Basin has been occupied by the Uinta, a band of Utes. The Ute peoples are the indigenous people of the Ute tribe, go figure, and the culture among the indigenous peoples of the Great Basin. There were 12 historic bands of Utes. Many Ute bands were culturally influenced by neighboring Native American tribes, other First Nations, and Pueblo Indians. As they expanded across the Great Basin, the Utes were connected by the Southern Numic language. The Numic branch spread with a dispersal of the Utes from the Southern Great Basin with three linguistic divisions eventually emerging, Western Numic, Central Numic, and Southern Numic. And each one of those groups contained several different bands. Now, bands, when obvious, for me, when I say band, coming from being a... Sort of musician, I guess. Uh, I think of like an actual band with mu- musical members, and to think of it like that, think of music as sub—or excuse me, think of a musical genre and has subgenres. That's what these bands are in these these native tribes. You have the Utes, and you have these twelve bands. It's just like subgenres in a way to the original one that was there. So, what I'm getting at with this little piece of information is that since there is Skinwalker lore and legend with the Utes them factoring off like this just could potentially show any little different pieces here and there that have changed or altered in some way or that have been carried out through just you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of other people and other tribes and this legend could have adapted and evolved in other such ways so they lived in the regions of present-day utah and colorado with eventually extending into the southwestern united states like wyoming arizona and california for many centuries the majority of the Skinwalker legend comes from the Native Americans that inhabit the area of the southwestern United States, known as the Four Corners, which consists of southwest corner of Colorado. Then you have a southeast corner of Utah, northeast corner of Arizona, and northwest corner of New Mexico. It literally just looks like crosshairs right there on the map. That is the four corners of the southwest. And if you haven't figured it out already or thought to yourself, hmm, that sounds familiar, sounds closely related, the state of Utah is named after the Ute tribe. Uh Whoa, how about that? And it was taken over by the Mormons. That's, that's sadly true. So besides being a large portion of land and opportunity, the basin at one time was an extraordinarily rich provider of food and clothing for the Ute Indians and others. While the earliest known records of European contact with indigenous inhabitants in Western Colorado are from Juan María de Rivera, who explored the region during two expeditions in 1765. The first white men to set eyes on the Uintah Basin and Uintah Mountains, more specifically, were members of the Spanish expedition from Santa Fe, headed, va- headed by Sylvester Vélez de Escalante and Francisco Antanasio Dominguez in the 1770s.
1: Dominguez.
0: I know, for some reason I love saying that name, Dominguez. These explorers opened the Uintah Basin and the eastern portion of the Great Basin to Spanish, Mexican, American, and British fur trappers and traders. Now, By this time, the Utes were among the first indigenous groups in North America to acquire and master the horse, which contributed to their remarkable success in the 17th and 18th centuries. The horse allowed the Utes to travel farther and faster than previously possible. They expanded the seasonal routes within their traditional territory, allowing them to stay together for longer periods throughout the year. Winter encampments also grew as Utes were able to gather additional food and supplies capable of sustaining more people. The horse became an integral part of the Ute culture. Utes often rode bareback or used leather pads with short stirrups, and it's these special stirrups that hung from the horse's mane and allowed riders to drop to one side and shoot from underneath the horse. Mastery of horses allowed the Utes to accumulate more material goods and expand both their territory and their role as important middlemen in the intertribal horse trade. The horse made the Utes among the most feared and powerful tribes by the early 18th century. They carried out raids in northern New Mexico, stealing horses and goods from the Spaniards, Pablo Indians, Jicaria, uh, Apaches, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, now forgive me, to the east, and Navajos to the southwest. They raided the western Shoshone, Navajo, and southern Paiutes to steal women and children whom they sold to the Spanish in New Mexico for slave trading. By 1700s, the Utes were aligned with the Comanche, who first acquired horses via the Utes in the late 17th century. Together, the two tribes intermittently carried out extensive raids against their neighbors for the next 50 years. In the mid-1800s, white settlers sought out this land to expand the U.S. Of course, the Mexican War just ended, I think, in 1848, where they were taking land from Mexico. I think the Americans were taking it from the Spanish and uh, they were trying to work their way upwards, more so into like to the Four Corners area. So you got all that bloodshed going on there. And then in the 1860s, Mormon leader Brigham Young sent an expedition to the basin to see if it was suitable for settlement. Upon the expedition's return, the Deseret News, a newspaper published in Salt Lake City, Utah, reported that the expedition had found little there. And that the basin was a, quote, vast contiguity of waste, valueless excepting for nomadic purposes hunting grounds for Indians and to hold the world together, end quote. I don't know why, I feel like that's a sick like prehistoric burn almost. Kind of. Prehistoric's too old, but yeah, I feel like say, I want to say prehistoric. <laughs> I don't know. So the expedition and other factors, of course, like the Mexican War that was going on and the slave trading and such like that, led to many armed conflicts between the Utes and Mormons. In 1861, Abraham Lincoln established the Utah Indian <laughs> Reservation for most of that area. It meant that the Utes had to leave the greenery of Provo Valley for the harsher environment of the basin, 150 miles to the east. Utes were promised that the land would remain their land for all time, but hunters, gatherers, and settlers slowly moved in because of their pursuits and economic growth, causing the Utes' land to become smaller and smaller. In 1863, the Union's Lieutenant Colonel Christopher Kit Carson began his campaign against the Native Americans, most infamously for the removal of the Navajos or the Diné. From the Four Corners, of course. When bands of Navajo refused to accept confinement on reservations, Carson took it to the next level. This is where shit starts to really get bad. He and his troops would burn crops, destroy villages, and slaughter livestock. It tried to starve them out. They would pay hunters to sneak in and kill the livestock, and they even went as far as destroying local water sources that were available to the Navajo people. They were destroying their land and resources little by little. When this didn't seem to work as well or as fast as they had hoped for, Carson and his fucking crew decided to have small troops sneak into Navajo sites in the dark of night from time to time, hide out, and kill Navajo peoples
3: white people suck so bad
0: yeah i know <laughs> yep just one of like the,
3: why are we the worst just
1: one of the many black eyes on american history
3: like you a white guy shows up sh- shit's just going down like it's just not gonna be good everyone's
0: just like oh no
3: yeah i mean you see a white guy come and you're like oh fuck, here we go <laughs> yeah
0: that's how i look in the mirror when i do Get it ready. Like, oh, gosh,
1: yeah that. yeah disgusting Ky- kyle shows up <laughs> at the party just fucking head butting
0: the holes in your (laughs) wall and you're like god God damn it man someone's like get that fucking monster out of his hands (laughs) all right so after doing all that to the navajo kit carson and his crew they would then offer rewards like food and clothing to the navajo people that would surrender and live in government-controlled areas that the government just did not want so they're literally Going in there right. and destroying everything, and then saying, Oh, look, you guys are starving. It looks like you need food. Well, if you come with me and live on this government controlled land that we just don't fucking want, we want what you have, uh, then we'll give you some of that food. And oh, yeah. this is classic
3: what, manipulation. Yeah.
0: Yep. And it's what is literally called a scorched earth policy or scorched earth campaign. And do not look at me with those eyes because I say scorched earth, and it's just like my band that I was used to be in called Hell Scorched Earth, and don't get on my back. We was, were
3: not saying anything. Yeah,
0: was it? I just know. A Shameless plug for you. No, it's oh not bad. Even no, to b-
3: he's triggered. Okay, I'm
0: triggered. I'm triggered that my <laughs> he's gonna start crying
3: now. Do you need to take a moment? <laughs> uh, you need a no, I no. you don't. Need, you need a tissue for your issue?
0: Oh, I got a book right here. I okay. just... Okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, he's reliving his glory days. <sighs> <laughs> They're over now. He's in his midlife <laughs> yeah. crisis. So. Oh.
0: Oh, so. <laughs> in 1864, now the Navajo surrendered. And Kit Carson took some 8,000 Navajo and marched them across to New Mexico, over 300 miles from their homes. This is what was called the Long Walk. Well, Many that's Navajo. A long
2: walk.
0: Yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. Many Navajo would die and/or try to break free and make a run for the mountains. Few succeeding. Now the Long Walk would end with the Navajo arriving at the so-called reservation, which uh, was much more like an internment camp. Lack of food, water, clothing was prevalent, uh, and the Navajo were forced to practice American civilization, which would rid them of the one thing that any Native American holds more dear near to their heart than anything, and that is their cultural identity, their way of life, yep. you know, their perspective their on the on the world. After four years of that, the government finally admitted that they had made a mistake.
3: No shit.
0: Yeah scratching their chinny-chin-chans like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. these people... not often that the government does that. They're like, these people just don't look well. Or they'll do it, but
3: it's like for their own personal gain. They're Americans. There's always an agenda.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So they admitted that they had made a mistake and the Navajo were allowed to return to their homeland in the Four Corners area. Now, during these years... Many of the tribe's members were said to have turned to shape-shifting to escape the terrible conditions, and the rest of the tribe were convinced that their gods had deserted them. So, let's take a second and look at this as in a, like a kind of a cause and effect way. The cause, you know, you have the betrayal of neighboring Native Indians, you have slave trading, you have the destruction of your home, your resources, your life basically, you have... Uh, conversion of cultures that obviously you don't want and of course you have murder and what sprung of this later especially for no folklore and legend the skinwalker so it is said that the navajo put a curse on the utes in retribution for many perceived transgressions it is also said that perhaps other tribes in surrounding areas have received the same kind of treatment as well and who knows how to bestow some curses the navajo do the Navajo medicine men, to be exact, which actually, for the Navajo, was medicine men or medicine women. It wasn't just to one sex, um, although men were more commonly initiated. So these medicine men, or hatali, play a dominant role within the tribe. They are, quote-unquote, doctors. They are religious leaders, they are historians, and they're even looked at by some as a superior being, They perform healing ceremonies, the Hozo, I think is how you pronounce it, called the Blessing Way, the Enemy Way, and the Night Way. And these ceremonies are used to restore people's balance, harmony, and spiritual need. But it seems that after all of these hardships of suffering and oppression, that some of these medicine men perhaps turned to the dark side, if you will. And they were driven by rage and revenge, and they only sought out uh, more personal gain. You know, uh, they turned down a totally different path that was never intended. Those who practice Navajo witchcraft for ill and self-serving purposes seek to direct the spiritual forces to cause harm or misfortune to others. This type of Navajo witchcraft, which has also been seen to be used by kind of like the Mohawk as well and some other tribes, is known as the witchery way. Atali become practitioners of witchery way or the Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how to pronounce that. It's A-N-T-J-J-H-N-I-I, and there's a bunch of fucking, like, commas and shit. I I just don't know. And one aspect in which this differs from your traditional Navajo medicine men practices is the use of human corpses in various ways, such as tools from the bones and concoctions that are used to curse, harm, or kill intended victims. And that's one thing, you know, with native tribes. You know, Take the Navajo, for example. You know, they don't fuck with the dead. No. Now,
3: are these corpses mm, like readily available, or are they killing people for the corpses?
0: A little bit of well, they're not readily readily available. At so to go kill people, uh, a little bit of killing people and a little bit of uh, grave robbing. Well,
3: there's a little bit of killing people. Just well, like I'm bit. saying a little bit of
0: both, but together it's a lot, <laughs> I guess.
1: Uh, Not to backtrack a little bit too, but talking about curses, I mean, curses with, you know, Native American lore and all that, I mean, that gets tied in with a lot of high strangeness. I mean, even, mm -hmm. there's even... Like
3: the ancient burial grounds and stuff. Yeah, I mean, even... Poltergeist. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, even with,
1: uh, like, Mothman. I mean, the... Cornstalk. Curse of Cornstalk, I mean... um, Cornstalk. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember when what? we went there and we, like, right by the river, there's, a yeah. like, yeah. the whole mural and what all that a Great stuff.
1: name for a chief. When we, that would be my name. When we cover uh, Mothman and all that, like, later on down the road, because I know that's one that we really want to, that is one aspect of the topic I'm excited to talk about, because, like, I feel like that's part that just gets kind of looked over. The curse part. Yeah. But, I mean, it just, it carries a lot of weight, especially mm-hmm. in their
0: traditions. So. It, it does. It does. I don't it,
3: fuck it, around with no curses. It no. carries a lot of weight <laughs> that
0: can never seem to be lifted. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. That's what a curse is. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, in order to become a skinwalker or a Yi which translates to with it he goes on all fours, he or she must obtain the highest level of priesthood and be initiated by a secret society that requires the evilest of deeds, necrophilia cannibalism, incest, and other culturally taboo and wicked acts. And the most common is the killing of a close family member, most often a sibling.
3: So is this something sought after, to become a skinwalker? Is something they actually choose to do?
0: Well, no. Before, it's just to become your... Uh, "Quote unquote typical medicine men, mm-hmm. where you just you know keep harmony and peace within but your But then they go on the wrong
3: path. But and... they
0: go on the wrong path. Whether just like you know, for whatever reason, um, I'm thinking of like um uh what's that movie called? Megamind. Will Ferrell's mm-hmm. Megamind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the and the well, the villain in that movie, I guess, would be technically him, but it changes to the kid that. Gains superpowers named mm-hmm. Titan, and he uses it just for self-serving purposes. Like he doesn't fucking care about anyone but himself. Or uh, fuck, what's the Incredibles? his name? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. The Incredibles as well, but that's kind of the same thing. They they get this power, they just become power hungry, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're but like, they're
3: choosing to be a Skinwalker. Right? They
0: they choose to become mm-hmm. a Skinwalker. See, I thought it
3: was something more of like a punishment, not something that's one, uh, un- one is chosen. Un- un- unless I didn't know somehow
0: that. you can. Someone else can punish you to become one, and you don't necessarily do it to yourself, maybe, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, But the most common way to be initiated and become a, quote-unquote, skinwalker is to kill a sibling, and sometimes they would even kill this sibling.
3: Syndrome. Syndrome.
0: And then eat it. Yeah.
3: Syndrome. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh, oh what's good. his name? I'm like, I know his fucking name. It was driving me nuts. She just nice.
1: asked me. I would have told you. I just, I right. just think of uh, like when he tries to be
0: incredible. Yes. Incredible boy yes. or whatever. Just be yes. the Bob Boy. I just incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I like near the very ending of that movie. A doesn't movie. he like want to change his name to like Black Syndrome or something like that? But like, yeah, big B and a big S right here wouldn't look that good. Or something like <laughs> oh that. Oh, my like God. For bullshit I haven't something. seen that movie since so I was funny. a
3: kid. So I need to rewatch.
0: So... Once this stage of corruption is achieved, according to some stories, the Hatali, the medicine men, become the Khizyadi or so, meaning pure evil. Now, after inheriting this malevolent mantle, the individual then acquires even more supernatural powers, which gives them the ability to shapeshift into animals. Most often, they are seen in the form of coyotes, wolves, foxes, cougars, dogs, and bears, but they can take the shape of any animal they want. They then wear the skins of the animal they transform into, hence the name Skinwalker. Sometimes, they also wore animal skulls or antlers atop their heads, which brought them even more power. They choose what animal they wanted to turn into depending on the abilities needed for a particular task, such as a speed, you might become a cougar, you know, strength, you might become a bear, endurance fucking know it has endurance a wolf maybe sure why not let's go with that uh know, stealth claws etc i don't know whatever they wanted they would shape shift into that animal they wanted flight they could shape it into a bird there you go the most often visualized and or reported instance of a skinwalker is seen as a wolf or perhaps a coyote just some kind of larger canine once they were shape shifted one way that others could tell that they were not a real animal is that their eyes were quite different than those of the animal Instead, their eyes are very human, and when lights are shined on them, they turn bright red. Alternatively, when they are in human form, their eyes look more like animals. You know, seeing an animal with human eyes freaks me the fuck out right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not a fan. like, Like if my cats had human eyes right now, I... Imagine if they had, like, Steve with eyes. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. To the uh,
3: pound with you. <laughs>
0: burn this fucking just house kidding, down. Just kidding. I would
3: still love them.
2: Uh-huh.
3: I just would never look at them. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, thanks. Steve. No, I know. That's, like, burning in my head now. I don't know if I can get that out. Thanks, thanks a gosh. lot, bitch. <laughs>
0: It is said that in addition to being able to shapeshift, the skinwalker is also able to control the creatures of the night, such as wolves and owls, and make them do its bidding.
3: I've seen that Oh, oh yeah, that I've cat. I've seen
0: that. I forgot about that oh, cat. Oh,
3: man. No thanks. I'm oh,
1: sorry. I had to pull up. I just typed Googled <laughs> Stevie Shimmy Cat. Type
3: in Ron Perlman Cat. You get oh, tons yeah, I've coons. seen that one. Yep. Oh, I love them.
0: Some can call up the spirits of the dead and reanimate the corpses to attack their enemies. Because of this, the Indians rarely ventured out alone. I don't that blame just, them. <laughs> I don't either. That just shows another like desecration towards the dead, mm-hmm. you know? The Skinwalkers are also able to take possession of the bodies of human victims if a person locks eyes with them. After taking control, the witch can make its victims do and say things they would not otherwise. Skinwalkers also have other powers, including reading others' minds, controlling their thoughts and behavior, and causing disease and illness, or even death. Skinwalkers would use something called corpse powder, which is derived from the remains of a dead human body, which, again, is something else that goes against Navajo culture, and it's used to produce sickness on their victims. It's usually seen as grounded-up bones, usually of infants— uh, twin infants are said to be the greatest source Twin infants Exactly, twin infants are said to be the greatest source For corpus powder And the uh, skinwalkers would either secretly feed it to their victims Like, you know, oh crushed God. up in a pill For example, kind of deal Or blow it in their face some say they even blow it in through the cracks and holes of people's houses while the people Dude, this sleep. Is like a
3: problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like,
3: excuse me, the audacity. You're going to throw a fucking dead holler in my face?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and,
1: and, and it was said to have violently made you ill. And I would imagine. Died.
3: That's beyond yep. fucked up. It's like says, if
1: you didn't seek help through mostly ugh. medicine men from other tribes, you were. Did pretty you imagine? Fucked.
3: You, like, just sleeping? all of a sudden this creepy fuck outside your house is, like,
0: No, like You know what, what that sounds like to me? me it's just, like, a fucking crack deal. Because I always give you the no first shit. one for free to get you hooked on it. So this guy just runs around how, your house. How
3: do you know so much about crack, Matt? I can also
0: probably <laughs> tell <documentary laughs> you that that's probably not true. <laughs> But he goes around. What do you mean? I don't know. Maybe a little bit to get you hooked on Maybe. it. Maybe. I don't back. know. But that's what they do. They just walk around your house when you're not aware, and they just fucking blow cocaine through your house, crack, whatever, and they just get you hooked I'm that way. I'm
3: sorry, walking around the house and blowing like the smell of chicken wings around, and he's going to oh. lift his damn mind Because all <laughs> I
1: know, I'm just going off the, the basis that, you know, dare... Throughout school always told me that people were going to be offering me drugs
0: dare all dare. No one has ever yet, offered no, me a drug never. yet. What always. the fuck, people? Fuck oh, wait, you're people are just me that, too stingy Hey, now. you're telling me that Dare is not highly successful? Like when fucking mm, people, no. like when people
1: fucking would be like, yeah, check your kids. No shit. The Halloween
0: candy, because they could put, you know. Someone's
3: going to put their edibles in yeah, your fucking so did, kids' yeah, fuck candy. Yeah, fuck that.
1: Like, no, they're not.
3: Sure. They paid for that. They're not going yeah. to
1: it away. Kids <laughs> <Dude>, fuck, it's fucking <laughs> stupid.
3: I know. Like, <laughs> that we is grew really up stupid. With believing some shit was gonna be bad, like like quicksand. Yeah, I've yet to encounter quicksand. I thought that was gonna be a big problem. <laughs> yeah, I thought
1: that. <laughs> was, yeah, I thought being that on was fire. Be a big deal. I
3: thought for sure I'd have to stop, drop, and roll at least once so far. Nothing.
1: I thought volcanoes. I were thought be a adulthood issue was
3: gonna be too. really exciting. Volcanoes? That's yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. None of those around here.
0: I'm glad you guys have taken this so deeply into consideration. <laughs> I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad.
3: Why you is our out? life so goddamn boring?
0: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> dare needs to stand for something. What does dare even stand for? I don't even fucking remember what it stands for. I remember, it needs I remember, to stand I remember, for something I else. I don't know. Uh, to
3: be fair, my schools never did dare. And by the time I went to a school that had dare, like they had, I was too old to. Yeah, be when in you
0: those came programs. to our school, you just missed it. I bet. Probably. You just missed drug it. abuse resistance education.
2: Mm.
0: Ha, no, let's not do that. Let's say hey, let's do dragons are, are really. really Evil? (laughs) elegant,
3: Exquisite.
0: Exquisite. Dragons are really exquisite.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Or
0: it can be like, dragons are really extreme.
3: Donuts are really... Edible. Edible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Cool. Cool. Come on, Josh. What the fuck, dude? I don't know. I'm just thinking about the... What was it? McGruff the crime dog or whatever. Didn't dare have like crickets, a crickets. I have no
2: yeah, idea. You
0: know. <laughs> oh god, I think so.
3: See, I went to a school where they told us to do drugs, so I don't know what level y'all are on, but
0: I—I don't know.
3: Uh, my school was like, drugs are awesome. Do them.
1: Oh uh, no, the, the, the Dare's mascot was a fucking lion. I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking. That's of. lame. It is lame. What's Why is the lion? Darren do? the lion. Darren.
0: Yep. Of course.
3: Darren dares you. <laughs> <laughs> God,
0: oh. white oh. <laughs> oh, my God. What a horrible time. What an absolutely yeah. horrible failure of a time. Yeah. So like Josh has said, yes, the corpse powder is bad.
2: Who
0: would have thought? <laughs> this exposes the victims to death eventually. Um, it <laughs> this exposes you to death. Yeah. Well, no. I it, mean, it's, being it's, born it's a, exposes you to death. Well, it's kind of a, it's kind of a play on the words because you're exposed to like literal yes, death if I the powder is from bones, uh, but it effectively contaminates them physically, mentally, or perhaps even both. That's a and stretch. The powder. Causes the tongue to turn black and to begin swelling. That is then followed by convulsions, paralysis, and the eventual death of the victim. That's rough. Its supernatural powers are uncanny, as they are said to run faster than a car and have the ability to jump high cliffs. They are extremely fast, agile, impossible to catch, and supposedly leave tracks that are larger than those of any animal. Oh, yeah. There's definitely been stories, especially from the
1: Uinta Basin. I'm sorry, that, what? The New Basin <laughs> that talks about like <laughs> creatures keeping up with people's cars. Ew, like fuck the melon that. heads. Oh, my God.
0: Like the melon They're heads. back. Huh. So, uh, yeah. When they have been seen, they have been described as not quite human and not fully animal, kind of a mixture of both. They are usually naked. Hell yeah. But some have reported seeing the creature wearing tattered shirts or jeans. So it has like the Hulk complex. Not like a juicy couture I was going to say, we're we like Wolverine. Not like a what?
3: Like a juicy tracksuit with like
0: uh, juicy I'm, written across I'm, the butt. I was just imagining like sweatpants with that have juicy written across it. Yeah. That's Could you that's imagine a skin mark like that? Wouldn't, no. be, wouldn't that be fucking sweet? It'd be fly as mm, Imagine uh, 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 like Teen Wolf, like the original Teen Wolf with what's his fucking face? Matthew Michael Broderick? J. Fox? Michael J. Fox. Matthew Broderick? I'm sorry. I get, for some fuck? reason, I get those two names mixed up all the fucking time. His
3: name's Matthew, so he only has one See? space for a Matthew at a time. Yeah, so.
0: and I think of Broderick as in Chris Broderick, one of the ex-guitarists that were in Megadeth because he's good. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You guys aren't keen in the... Cool, heavy We're not metal keen, world. Josh.
1: Just, wh- how did we get from Michael J. Fox uh, to Megadeth? Man, I uh, want to uh, be uh,
0: keen. I'm on an M rant, apparently. Fuck. M's my favorite letter. Uh, that's conceited. <laughs> Fuck you.
3: Hey, that didn't start with an M.
0: You didn't hear the M? Mm, silent. <laughs> it's a silent, silent M. M.
3: He's going to start everywhere with M. Mm. Mm, mm. Cassandra. Can yeah. you get <laughs> me
0: oh, <God>. some
3: food? <laughs> you
0: fucking start talking like fucking injured <laughs> cold apparently. Goddamn. So those who have talked of their encounters with these evil beings describe a number of ways to know if a skinwalker is near. They make sounds around homes such as knocking on windows, banging on walls, and scraping noises on the roof. All noises. I don't want to hear it now.
3: No, yet. fuck that. Yeah, it could have mm.
0: said anything. It could have said trees rustling, cars driving by, skinwalker. You no know, matter like, what.
3: They're like, I'm over here. That's, that, <laughs> yeah. that's how you know they're there. Your around. local
0: skinwalker's around.
3: <laughs> they have like one of those cop radar things in your car, but it's in your house. It's for a skinwalker. It's like, starts
0: going off. <laughs> <Ew>. Oh, no, <laughs> I, no, no, no. That's <laughs> terrifying, actually.
3: <laughs> like some radar.
0: Uh, wh- what is that? Like a, Beep. A, C- a CB radio? Beep. Yeah, CB radio and have like a- Oh, yeah? <laughs> but have it like paranormal-wise for all the spooky mm. shit. That'd be cool.
2: Okay.
0: So on some occasions, they have been- uh, Spied peering through windows. so They're they're peeping Toms. Hello. (laughs) More often, they appear in front of vehicles in hopes of causing a serious accident. People attribute the existence of skinwalkers to unknown animal tracks that are found outside their homes. Dead animal skins found on their property where usually no blood, bones, or in this case, no tracks are found. And the mimicking of voices, cries, and whistles, especially children's voices. Oh, God. Yeah, they're heard when no one else is around. Because, of course, what is more innocent yet terrifying than hearing like a disembodied children's voice?
3: Nope. No thanks. I'll
2: pass.
0: (laughs) The Skinwalker kills out of greed, anger, envy, spite, or revenge. These witches live on their unexpired lives of the victims, and they must continually kill or perish themselves. Skinwalkers can be defeated, though. A successful killing generally requires the assistance of a powerful shaman who knows spells and rituals that can turn the skinwalker's evil back upon itself. Another alternative is to shoot the creature with bullets that have been dipped into white ash. However, this shot must hit the witch in the neck or the head. And last but not least, if you track down a skinwalker and learn of their true identity, then you must pronounce their name in full. And once this has taken place, the Skinwalker will become sick and or die for the wrongful doings that they have inflicted against their victims. So
1: it's like Rumpelstiltskin.
0: It is a little bit like Rumpelstiltskin, except uh, in this case... Didn't he have to, like, say his name? Yeah. I, I, God damn it, I can't remember the fucking... The difference between the two, but there is one. I know there's a
1: DC character called Mister Mixelplex or something like that, and it's kind of the same way. Yeah, like to make like to defeat him, he has to like say his name backwards or some shit. It was fucking stupid. That sounds easy.
3: Do it.
0: Well, hold on now. <laughs> what, what, say Mr- your name backwards. We want to defeat you. <laughs>
3: well, we actually my yeah. whole
0: name. Yes. Or just my first name. My first name's We Tam.
3: We've already gone over this. Before. I know exactly. That's why it's so easy. <laughs> no, to defeat the Skinwalker, you have to say the alphabet backwards.
0: Oh shit! In 10 I seconds. can't do that. So what? Weird. In ten seconds. Z Y X W V U. Are you
3: keeping track, Josh? At yeah. the time, okay.
0: uh, man, I can't. I can't fucking do the ABCs without uh, saying it. So I'd fuck up anyway. Whatever. Fuck this. <laughs> so skinwalkers and other witches have long been blamed for all manner of unexpected struggles and tragedies throughout the years, including sickness, drought, poor crops, and sudden deaths. Even smaller or individual problems, such as windstorms during dances or alienation of affection by mates, the death of livestock and reversal of fortune were often believed to be the work of a witch. But How I look at it, honestly, is that's a kind of an easy way to the do it. Out. Exactly. You know, it doesn't make people really think you twice. You leave
3: me, witch.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Simply just kind of look the other way, claim it was like this huge supernatural entity that's everyone's scared of, and the past is behind you.
3: Yeah, to be fair, a lot of people in a lot of different cultures use stuff like that. So
0: True, you're very, very true. So back to a little bit more history here to round this out. Once the people had returned to their homeland, their conditions improved. But the dreaded skinwalkers for whom they blamed for the years on the bleak reservation were still believed to be among them. Accusations of witchcraft and the hunting of skinwalkers began. When someone found a collection of witch artifacts wrapped in a copy of the Treaty of 1868, the tribal members unleashed deadly consequences. Now this Treaty of 1868 is the treaty that they signed when the government decided to let them go. From that, once they found that treaty, the Navajo Witch Purge of 1878 would then take place, in which 40 Navajo suspected witches were killed in order to restore harmony and balance for the tribe. Now, I'm sure as you could tell, the Navajo Witch Purge of 1878 did not fix the problem, Problem as I am still talking about skinwalkers to this day, and people are still witnessing them. In later years, rich deposits of gilsonite were discovered within the Uinta Basin. Which is black hydrocarbon that's used for paints, varnishes, lacquer, and insulation. And since some of the land was still completely the Ute's land, the economic potential that lie beneath it was heavily sought after. And so mining companies created a bill to make the Ute's land public domain. Since the want of native land was never really high in demand, so to speak, they passed it. They were literally just like, yeah, well, they're not using it. We can. <laughs> There goes the pin. There you go. Public domain. Go in there, mine, whatever you want. By 1888, mining interests controlled all the land. The Utes were compensated either with $20 an acre, whiskey, or just (laughs) simply tricked into giving it up. I'll take the whiskey. (laughs) I would take that (laughs) over $20. I'll take some Krispy Kreme donuts. I don't think those were back at that time. No. I'm sorry. Damn. (sighs) Poor girl. I know. She can't get her donuts now. She Whoa, might turn to me. drugs. Yep. Somebody get in here. Apparently,
3: it's really easy to get some. So someone give me their drugs.
1: Do you know dragons are like really extreme? Did you know donuts were, were invented in nineteen 1847?
3: Oh, but when was Krispy Kreme well,
0: found? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at.
3: I'm Krispy Kreme. Like, it's Krispy Kreme or almost nothing. I can't
0: believe you said Krispy Kreme. And I said, they're probably not around them. And Josh thought to himself, you know what? I need to get on my phone right now and well, look this up. it's fun to prove you wrong. Uh, 1937.
3: Damn. Not Damn. too far off, though.
0: But there were donuts.
3: Sweet.
0: And you said 1847? Sure. <laughs> I'm already just, off of it. Just hit the back page, dude. It's I the internet. swiped it. It's gone forever. So what? Oh, my.
3: Swiper, no swiping.
0: Oh, shit. So they were removed from most of their land, the same land that President Lincoln gave them in 1861, the Uintah Valley Reservation, and President Chester A. Arthur gave them in 1882, the array Reservation. Of the 4 million acres of this reservation, only a small portion is tribal land now, with the creation of reservoirs and towns taking up most of it. The Utes believe that the Skinwalker presence has been around for 15 generations, at least 15 generations, which is but, about three years. you are going to say 15 years. I was
1: like, that's not long. <laughs> yeah.
0: Which is about 300, I'd say, to 400 years. Yeah. Uh, whether it be their legends, other legends from surrounding tribes, or even a curse laid upon them by the Navajo. The idea of the Skinwalker heavily resides amongst them. Now, even though it is commonly called Skinwalker Ranch, those evil, vengeful, trickster-like entities, they don't reside there. Sure, there are sightings of them on the property from time to time, but that is not because they live there. The ranch lies in what is called the Path of the Skinwalker. It lies in the middle of the Ute Reservation, where this quote-unquote path travels through. No native peoples dare step foot upon this land, and Skinwalkers seem to roam for natives. That this land is just forbidden; they don't, they don't dare associate with it. So now there's this place called Dark Canyon, which the, the Dark Canyon Wilderness, which is now a, a national monument, is where Skinwalkers are said to live.
3: Are you saying Dark?
0: Yep, okay. Dark Canyon. I couldn't
3: tell if you were saying that or dart. Dark. Dark like
0: Canyon. Okay. A section of Dark Canyon actually up to Skinwalker Ranch, which is fueling the Skinwalker legends that surround it. The ridge line, which I believe is separate from Dark Canyon, um, that is directly behind Skinwalker Ranch, is given the nickname Werewolf Ridge. Now, obviously, I just want to say that werewolves are different than skinwalkers. Obviously. Just making that clear. Werewolves are by the moon and you can't control it. And the skinwalkers do not need a celestial body and just can go to whenever they want. So one story tells of a man that was making repairs on an old ranch home when he began to hear loud laughter coming from the nearby sheep pens. Thinking he was alone, he went to investigate. Upon looking into the pen, he found all of the sheep but one huddled in one corner of the pen. Then he noticed a lone ram that was separated from the group. It was standing upright and laughing in a very human manner.
2: Fuck
3: that. How do you come back from seeing that? (laughs) I wish a
0: fucking ram would do that.
3: Just standing straight (laughs) up about
0: five feet and just going. (laughs) Just laughing like that.
3: Dude, I'd be scarred for the rest of my life.
0: (laughs) It'd be terrifying. He sees that his eyes, the animals, are not of an animal. But They're very much human. like a human. You got it. Whoa. The animal then casually walked away on all four legs.
3: Fuck that.
0: <laughs> I wonder if it walked like towards him and past him. The guy was just like standing there fright. Just laughing as it walks by. Just
2: <laughs> yeah, what, if,
0: what if the whole time it walked away, it just stared at him laughing?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and pointed.
0: And pointed. Like, uh, but it'd, see, bitch. there's a thing. It'd be really creepy if you just did that. But if you walked really slow, that would just get really annoying really fast. Yeah. Yeah, you see that? Yeah. I think that's how I'm going to walk by you now. <laughs> Please
2: don't. Uh,
0: <laughs> walk by anyone through a mall, you know? Just start fucking laughing. Like, like the
3: Midwestern, like, let me scoot past you right here or whatever. Just be like, ha, 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 every time you walk yeah. next to someone.
0: <laughs> but, uh, no. So, yeah, an upright... Ram, laughing like a human with human eyes, and then he just gets on all fours and walks away. It's pretty terrifying, but not like that. I, no. I also
1: just love the idea of it just laughing and just all of a sudden, just dead silence just gets on all fours and walks I'm away. I'm thinking
3: what are the other ones doing? <laughs> they're like all huddled in a corner like, what's wrong with Gary? Yeah. What's, <laughs> what, 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 what's he doing, guys? I, I'm worried about him. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: they're like, dude, Patrick, he's fucking off his wheels, man. I don't know what the hell's <laughs> going on with him.
3: <laughs> his name's Gary. I just said that.
2: Yeah,
0: well, yeah, you I, dumb I, fuck. I, I, God damn I know, I know, but I like Patrick. Gary on the story. You can't just
3: change people's names because yeah, you don't like it. Sure His I name can. is Gary.
0: Sure, I can. People do it all the time.
3: No, that's rude. Fine. I'm going to start calling you Keith. Fine. I know you love that name.
0: I do. I love it.
3: You love it.
0: Absolutely.
3: He's Keith. Man. I love it more okay, than dude.
1: He's oh, Keith. He's Pedro to me. He's Keith. But she just said Keith,
2: you stupid fuck. <laughs> that's the whole
0: point. God damn it. In the 1980s. <laughs> one of the most notable when? events... Huh? When? 1980s. Okay. Fucking
3: the glory God. years.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, I was out of thought. Got, it was fucking peaceful. Yeah. You that's got the
3: labyrinth was new. You got hair
0: milk. You got the hair nation, of rock and roll, glam. Woo, poison and shit. Fuck yeah, that's great. Fuck yeah, because Josh loves poison. Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> but in the 1980s, one of the most notable events occurred when a family was driving through the Navajo Reservation. As they slowed down to make a sharp curve, Something jumped up from the ditch and onto the road. And it was described as black, hairy, and wore a shirt and pants. A few days later, at their home in Flagstaff, Arizona, the family was awakened to the sounds of loud drumming and chanting.
1: Like, just imagine that. First off, like,
0: you just have. That just sounds
1: like band practice when I was at my parents' house. I think think it was um, on last podcast, on the last uh, episodes when they did Skinwalkers. Just. Henry's impression of like this thing just like go, jumping out just going ah fuckers and just disappearing. Like just imagine that. And then all of a sudden you're at home and you just hear fucking drumming. And it's just like the fuck is
2: happening. I can't help it. I imagine I'm
3: like picturing like kneeling down on the side of the road, like, okay, okay, next car that comes around. I'm totally gonna get him man.
2: I'm,
0: oh. I'm so oh, excited, do it, you're gonna fucking go. Here we go. Here oh, we oh, go, oh, here oh, go. There's headlights, there's, there's headlights. headlights. Oh, what? You get this on video? You you got this? <laughs> and he's just like surprise <laughs> Ah, okay, well, let's go. <laughs> this shit's going cool on YouTube. They're too. like the fucking actor. <laughs> uh, surprised that made that back to Arizona, I guess. But uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, that same, what? That same uh, Skinwalker was at their house drumming
2: Apparently. the intro to
0: Painkiller by Judas Priest. <laughs> like, fucking check me out, bro. Oh, there they are. There they are. Shh, 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 shh. Yeah, but, but. What do but you think
1: they're chanting? Isn't this, uh,
0: Fish this babe, is the same blah, story blah. that
1: has, like, the, the fence? Like, they're yard had like the big fence that they apparently couldn't figure out that's, how to fuck yeah that's to literally get. the last
0: part of it the property literally had a fence around it and uh when they went outside to check out what the drumming and chanting was they saw three dark forms of quote-unquote men outside of the fence and, and the shattery creatures were seemingly unable to climb the fence and then they soon left i guess they were just like fuck this and they just walked off we got more cars to scare yeah we got more <laughs> cars to scare yeah fuck this fence is nothing even though they couldn't do it. But- I,
1: I do love that story, though, just because it's creepy
0: to imagine. Just, so, if they well, have there's... a
3: fence, they try climbing over the fence?
0: Yes, they try like, climbing out o-
3: of the yard? No, into, into it. Into the yard. Into okay. It.
0: That's what's to believe. It doesn't necessarily specify, but I'm assuming that's what it is. Yeah, I just imagine, like, it, you know, it's like the
1: sun setting. You're hearing drumming. Mm-hmm. You look off in the distance and you just see three dark human
0: figures by your fence line. You're like,
3: I'm passing away.
0: Yeah, be like, the fuck? <laughs> Call the cops.
3: I'm just going to stop living.
0: Well, there's two things about this little instance that make me go, wow. And the one is they can't get over the fence for whatever reason. They can, as I read before, they can run extremely fast and they can jump over cliffs, but they can't get over this fence, which seems to be to me like, is there like a vampire quality there? That's like, kind of know, like, like, not allowed yeah. in. Or... And the other part of this story that gets me is the fact that they were driving through the Navajo reservation in Utah. And shit went down. And then they went to their home in Arizona, and these things were there. It's like they followed them. Yeah. It's like now they trace you. Ew. And I know there's a couple other stories that I heard about, like, um, I think one about some bipedal wolf-like creatures kind of near a person's backyard in their home. And they start looking out the door, and they all get freaked out this family. And then the dad goes and gets like this gun that was apparently the bullets were dipped in white ash and they don't know where where he got the white ash, but he knows about skinwalkers, even though he never told the family before and took care of them, killed them or well, assumably he killed them. They ran off. And there's another one about some, um, I can't remember if it was just like normal citizens or if it was like a police officer or so, but saw like a couple of dog headed, you know, bipedal kind of you know human, but they were smoking cigarettes, just fucking sitting there laid that back. That sounds just, like a just smoking. That just chilling. sounds like an old Marlboro ad. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> it does, or like Camel or something like that. But one well, of the then they'd be a Camel head. You fucking idiot! I oh man, I wish this table was not four feet long. <laughs> I could jump over it. I uh, would be impressed to just watch you jump. <laughs> don't encourage him uh, Well see here's the thing If I jump over this table You're to And too many people witness it, then I think I'm a skinwalker Because there's hops man
1: Whoo, shit Wait.
0: What? What? Don't what? see you what? hopping What? What? boy? What? If you jumped
1: on the table You probably hit your head on the ceiling It is oh, kind yeah. of a low hanging ceiling oh, yeah. Were you ever at Tanner's house? Tanner's parents house? Once Because remember We fell asleep to Fucking
0: epic sax guy and Oh yeah, woke yeah, up yeah that's, right. That's, that's right 10 hour um, fucking well, that was after their house was re- renovated, but they had a, a living room where, no, I'm six four, <clears throat> excuse me, six four. It was probably about maybe six and a half feet, maybe six. It wasn't, I don't think it was seven feet tall. I was like maybe six foot eight or something like that. Uh, there was a time that I was on the, their couch and I was jumping on it and I decided to like jump off of it and I wanted to like jump on tan or something, but the fan was going. And then let me just say the fan stopped me dead in my tracks <laughs> as it literally went like bam, 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 bam against <laughs> my fucking head, man. Knocked me on my ass. I just lied there. So I'm
3: surprised you didn't knock the fan off of its ass.
0: <laughs> well, it's was, it was one of those deals where it's like you got hit with something so hard and it just Fuck you, you by surprise so badly that almost you didn't feel anything. You're just yeah. kind of like, what the fuck happened?
3: Man, I wish I could have seen
1: that. Oh, oh yeah. Man. I would have <laughs>
0: fucking paid money. Oh, Tanner was laughing. That's the thing. Tanner never would never come to your aid. He just laughed. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. I, flipped, I, flipped, <laughs> I flipped the goat cart once and he just laughed and came up to me and goes, Was that fun? I'm like, I mean, well, I would have came had...
1: to your aid either. I would have just sat there and laughed. <laughs> what I would have laughed dead?
3: and been like, Are you okay? <laughs> well, I just kept laughing at you. I would have
1: kept laughing until you didn't move and then I went, Nah, God
0: damn it
2: yes
0: <laughs> oh god damn i gotta call the cops not have a <sighs> dead body um but yeah so they saw all these dog people that were smoking cigarettes and i i don't know if it was that account or another account um that they witnessed some dog-like creatures smoking cigarettes and when they went to go get somebody and come back to the site they were gone of course but they were <laughs> but on the ground still mm. like smoking <makes> Mysterious. That, that chill, God. Maybe those are drugs. Where why wasn't Dare there? Dare there.
1: Yeah, or, or,
0: or, or uh, McGruff the crime dog. Or stopping the crime dog. Because
1: what if they were underage dog people smoking? Tr- true. We don't know how old they were.
3: And it could be Smokey the Bear coming to prevent the forest fires. <sighs> mm.
1: He needs to go to California because they're not yes, very good at they need stopping the, they need his.
0: I don't know if Smokey could even stop those. <laughs> Uh,
3: Smokey can do anything. Can he? Yes, he's super. Huh. He's like a super
0: baby. I didn't know that. You good friends with him? hmm That's cool. Let me text him. Did you guys go to school together or something? Is it is Same it school name?
3: y'all went to.
1: Y'all? Y'all. Stop. I'm repping the best. Hey, I say y'all all the time. Fuck off.
3: Stop. Fuck y'all.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Florence, y'all. Isn't that their like, it used baseball to say, team now? It used or to something? say baseball Florence team? Mall, but they, they couldn't have that, so they changed it to y'all. <laughs> nice.
0: Isn't that like their baseball team? I don't fucking team? know. And like Kentucky, isn't like the like the Florence Yalls now or something? I don't fucking know. I'm you not and I have talked Florence. about this. Are asking have me we? a sports yes. question? Yes. When? That's why I'm asking you? God, like I know the fucking day. You think? Like, God, I must just
1: fucking just disassociate when you talk. You brought it up.
0: Did I? <sighs> you are a poor soul. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this story. It's the here. Medication, man. So, okay. Eighteen eighty-eight is where I left off when, uh, um, when the mining interest took over the land, and that was seemingly kind of the, just the end of the Utes reservation and such, for the most part. It, it's still there. It's still there. Uh, just shy of two decades later, in nineteen oh seven, why is have, it shy? Huh? Why is it shy? I don't. It should come out of its shell.
1: A stage it, maybe it
0: doesn't have a shell. It just has a really small a penis. Huh? What? I said it should be like a cicada. Watch it! Be? No,
3: they can go back into their <laughs> shells. <laughs> What's the point of that? What
0: can they? What can they go back into their shells? No,
3: I'm telling them to though. Like, oh. like they're still like, there, crawl though. back into your mom, but go back into Ugh. your shell. Yeah.
0: Oh god. Yeah. That's a sight. So just shy of two decades later, in 1907, we have. A record, our first record, of ownership of the Skinwalker Ranch, specifically from a Monk Chavanagh. Yes, that's the name. Um, Hope I'm pronouncing it right. I don't know if he's an actual Monk or that's just his first name, Monk. But yeah, there you go, Monk Chavanagh. Now, this timeline comes from SkinwalkerRanch.org, and it's uh, the one site where they seem to be heavily embedded in research and uh, specifics about Skinwalker Ranch, but I can't necessarily find those anywhere else unless, you know, another article just references that site with this information. So I'm not sure how credible it is, but I find it interesting nonetheless. So in 1907, we have Monk Chavanagh, who owned the place, bought the place. He didn't last too long. 1914 came around and he sold it to Henry Litster. Now, it's unclear as to why exactly Monk Chavanagh sold the ranch, but there were reports around then of humanoid figures seen on the ranch. And there were reports of underground rumblings and explosions that were heard both throughout yeah, the fuck, day fuck old people. and throughout the night. Moment. This, however, the underground rumblings and explosions, we do know was reported because there's actually a newspaper article on it. So now sometime between 1914 and 1930, a gentleman by the name of Christopher Locke recalls an occurrence of a strange visitor to the property this stranger arrived out of nowhere and he was wearing a time-period appropriate clothing, however underneath it was a dazzling blue one-piece outfit. He had a lengthy conversation with the family of Henry Lister. He then walked off and disappeared, but not before allegedly telling the Lister family where not to dig on the property. Again, not sure entirely how credible these stories are. Wouldn't want to go digging over there. 1930. Christopher Locke, reveals that the first cattle mutilation like John Locke occurred from on the ranch. Could have been? Could I don't even know that. I think that was his name, I actually. It is. I think, I'm think i pretty sure it is John Locke, actually. So, 1934, Kenneth and Edith Myers lease a three-room house on the ranch from Henry Litzer. Now, I want to mention this because, especially in the book... for the skinwalker it says that kenneth and edith myers bought the ranch in 1950 or the 1950s sometime uh which is true but they did lease a three-room house in 1934 just showing that they had been on the property for a lot longer than previously thought and i think it's a good point uh now to mention that the ranch has three homesteads so when it says a three-room house I'm not exactly sure which homestead it is, but it should be one of those three homesteads. So multiple people had lived on that range before at one time. And it's also good to note that it seems that each one of those individual uh, homesteads have its own like paranormal occurrences. Like this one always has like the apparitions and the orbs or so. And this one always has the creature, you know, uh, figures that are roaming about and whatnot or the cattle mutilations happened around this one it's very odd so 1945 rolls around and Henry Litzer sells his land to Benton Locke which is believed to be uh the aforementioned Christopher Locke's grandson Benton moves into the western portion of the ranch now the 1950s and the 1960s come around and this is where a big Big thing ensues. Okay, Junior Hicks, who I had mentioned before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, him and locals report a surge, a huge UFO flap, uh, and the UFO reports are in the Uinta Basin. And the biggest wave of these reports happened to be uh, 1966 to either late '67 or real early '68. Uh, and the earliest unexplainable report outside of those decades and tribal folklore of course was in fact by the two aforementioned Spanish explorers that I said Silvestre Vélez de Escalante and Francisco Antanasio Dominguez and they saw a huge fireball flying through the sky brighter than any star or any moon or so they would seen before what these few decades bring about is Joseph jr. Hicks He was a retired science teacher from Roosevelt, Utah, and his obsession with UFOs and his advocacy with early ufology started in 1951 when a classroom of 30 students and a teacher witnessed a cigar-shaped metal craft sitting just outside of their school around 50 feet away. In an interview with Hicks, he states that the teacher in this account was a good friend of his, and that teacher was out with his class of elementary students supervising them when the craft was spotted. He says that it was in the desert news and stated that the craft flew slowly from west to east at about 500 feet of altitude and it made no sound whatsoever and was about 300 to 400 feet in diameter. And it's this case that really got him interested in this and would go on uh, to investigate and um uh, interview people and help collab with salisbury when he saw salisbury giving a speech at i um, have some conference and they would make the utah ufo display yeah, book wasn't he like a science teacher it, it
1: was he the science teacher uh, hicks yeah hicks, hicks
0: was, yeah, the he science was the science teacher. science teacher who basically had
1: people come to him with their stories and all that and yeah he'd pretty much help just compile like he was he essentially seemed like that cool teacher that everybody liked to talk to
0: yeah and i would have loved to have a teacher like him oh yeah i've i've listened to a couple of um, podcasts specifically about him and he seemed like a remarkable man yeah like he didn't turn you away no matter what your story was he just would listen to it he loved he loved the uh the subject so much that nothing nothing shunned him away from it you know because you hear about people who especially like government officials who get into any dealings with this kind of topic and then like their life's ruined basically to, to put it seem somewhat nicely i oh, guess yeah. the life's ruined he he just went with it he didn't care and like i said at this time he was a retired science teacher he'd been teaching for i think 30 maybe 35 years um but he oh god he went to college and he got like two different degrees of i don't know if it was mechanics or aerospace or what but he was a very smart very remarkable man and i'm not going to try and you know put words in his mouth or anything like that um Anyone wants to look up Hicks, they can do it themselves. Um, for this, for this first part, I was actually looking at possibly reaching out to some people, like, "Hey, would you want to do an interview by chance?" And unfortunately, when I came across Joseph Junior Hicks, he had passed away. I th- I think it was literally like twenty twenty, like literally like this time last year or so, at the at the ripe old age of ninety two. Damn. Yeah, so he had lived a long, uh, I would assume, pretty fun fucking life, man. My grandpa just celebrated his 94th
3: birthday? Nice. Wow. That's, that's a milestone. Yeah, Burton. that motherfucker
1: still out in the yard working.
3: Fuck that. Yeah,
1: we can't Fuck make that. him stop, and at this point, I'm just like, you know what, Grandpa, if it makes you happy, yeah. do what you want. Honestly, Maybe that's what's keeping him he's going. Probably so
3: active, exactly.
1: Probably what's keeping him going, me, I, I mow their hills, and if I mow more than their hills, he yells at me. And I'm just Aww. like, all right, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <That's> <laughs> what's he sound like
1: when he yells? You know uh, Grandpa Simpson from The Simpsons? (laughs) Kind of like that.
0: Good. That's the only Grandpa I would want to yell at me. (sighs) So, one of the biggest sightings that uh, Hicks had interviewed and came across. (laughs) Oh, there it is. The fat joke of Skinwalker Ranch Part 1. Wow, great.
3: josh said it
2: (laughs) not me
0: And look she's smiling she's smirking she's like man that was good of josh
1: i wish i would have thought of that there was a door i opened it i'm sorry
0: (laughs) i kicked it open i'm sorry i love you (laughs) so one of the biggest sightings was from donna massey she was winding down for the night when she noticed a strange red light in the sky out towards the west then it started moving towards her. It's one of the 5G towers. Oh, oh shit. no. Whoa.
1: They erected overnight. They're coming for me.
0: As it approached, she realized it was a craft, and it was round, and it was huge. It was as big as a house. That's not a 5G tower. The craft kept approaching, and at one point, Donna noticed a red horizontal beam that was shooting out from the craft.
3: I would not like that. The
0: beam would change colors. Ooh, craft. <laughs> I would not <laughs> like that. Oh, look at those <laughs> I mean, if it starts changing colors on me, I'm I like,
3: just,
1: I just, I just imagine you just outside, like you see a UFO, <laughs> you see a light, you're like, oh my god, and,
3: ooh!
0: it's so easy. <laughs> it's if it so turns pink, easy. I'm gonna be
3: like, ooh, yeah, I want, I'm gonna be you're right the, back. You're the I'm gonna go check no. this
0: out. I feel like you're I'm the, like shiny. <laughs> I feel like you're the epitome of like that long-running joke of like, say someone on a treadmill with a donut of them, and they're just going for it. Oh, Oh,
3: one hundred percent. I mean, that would also, uh, I would also do that.
0: Also put, I'll do that. Put a,
3: put a donut in front of me and I'll run after it.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you want her to come hither, find anything pink and just kind of wave it in the air and she's just be like, ooh, that's her call. Ooh, and then she runs at you.
3: Or sparkly or shiny or cat-like.
0: God Jesus Christ. Wait, wait, you <laughs> I'm are. a
3: simple woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, look what you're married. Yeah,
3: I know, right? Stop. Side <laughs> so note, when t- making fun of the noises I make, I got the shit scared out of me by Roni running after me one day, and apparently when I'm scared, I just make... what. Lo- like a weird I, sound I don't where it was remember like
0: ball Yeah exactly I don't remember the noise that she made I didn't scream I went like oh when yeah when someone is scared I mean they go like ah or ah or something like that she was like ha ha <laughs> she like sung like an, a male opera singer like i was like the fuck is going on with Have you, you, you? I got Power the Wolf? shit scared out of me and I just I oh, don't know Oh did you see their new single yeah. The Beast of yeah. yeah I was like cool we did an episode on that oui, oui. It's really good is it really good? I haven't listened to oh, it yet. It. I'm stupid. I haven't listened to it yet. He says it different than we do, and
1: I trust his pronunciation. I like,
0: uh, I don't know. Some uh, people say weird things. That's what I got. So <laughs> <laughs> so the craft finally came to rest on top of a hill. Right as it landed, the local Mormon bishop, Garth Batty, showed up and watched it with her. They watched it together. And they decided, let's approach it ourselves. Let's go up there, Donna And as they did, the craft took off vertically so fast that it seemed to just disappear. It was just like, oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. I'd be like, oh,
3: the light show's gone.
0: Well, see, this brings me to an interesting point here. This type of activity will go on throughout this entire series. And it seems that this activity wants to be noticed. Just taunting them. It wants Exactly. It wants you to see them. It wants you to acknowledge that they're there, but if you do anything to approach it, to capture it on you know, uh, film or whatever, it's just like, no. It's just it's not freezer. happening. It's like, you can see it's me gonna very It's going to tease you shy. all day long. Yeah, and then it's, it's
3: like, oh, you want some action? No.
0: It's like, you can mysterious. see me and only you can see me. It's a personal experience yeah. somewhat. So another account comes from Richard Fawcett and Moreland Buchanan. Who were hunting at Pelican Lake on the evening of November 14th, 1968, when they witnessed something that they thought at first was simply a weather balloon. I think it was a lake of just pelicans. Maybe. Like no water, just pelicans. <laughs> yeah. No <laughs> water at fucking all. You think they were hunting pelicans? Do you hunt pelicans?
3: They probably live there. And you probably shouldn't hunt a pelican. Like they could kick your ass.
0: <sighs> Aren't they just the ones that like
1: are able to like Push their spine out like through their mouths or some shit. I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Ain't that a
0: a cool effect? Like, why? What? (laughs) Fuck, bye no, I'm not a pelican. Ask them. All right, I'll go ahead if you (laughs) want for the podcast. (laughs) For the podcast, please do it now. (laughs) Out to Josh
3: in the field.
0: (laughs) I'm just running, getting chased by (laughs) pelicans.
3: Ah!
0: (laughs) We okay. We see you're busy over there, Burton. We'll uh, let you go. We'll come back to you later. so, yeah, Richard and Moreland were hunting at Pelican Lake on the evening of November 14th, 1968, when they witnessed something that they thought at first was simply a weather balloon. As the sun started to set and darkness was beginning to fall, they packed up their gear and decided that before they left the lake, maybe we should go and check out what that thing in the sky was. It's never a maybe weather balloon. It never, it's never seems to ever it's be ne- a weather balloon.
3: never a weather balloon.
0: But at least give it to them at this point. At least they thought logically, I mm. guess. You know, okay. skeptically. You no, know, It's 1968. Look, like it's an alien! It's, yeah, it's 1968. It's a little over 20 years after Roswell, where the infamous, it's a weather balloon came about, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're like, hmm, just for shits and giggles, let's see what this is. So it did look like a weather balloon. It looked like a weather balloon with a string coming down from it and gently just swaying back and forth. But upon further examin- examination—excuse me—as they got closer to the object, they noticed that it wasn't string at all. It was a tunnel, Ew. about three feet in diameter, coming down from the UFO to the ground, sucking up what You're looked
3: it was like a vacuum or something—sucking
0: up what looked to be gray matter, Ew. which gray like matter. Our is brain. Like- it's like brains, <gasps> but I'm going to assume it's not. They don't mean brains. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm mean, sure
3: they mean just like gray sludge or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, the object was round. It was glowing, and then after a few minutes of watching it, just suck. It disappeared. It just seemed to disappear, and I'm so confused to myself when they say it just seemed to disappear. Yeah, like where'd
3: the hose thing like, go?
0: Like I would imagine if I was seeing something like this happen, my eyes would probably be just absolutely fixated on it. And for it to just seemingly disappear, like what does it just fizzle out? A- yeah, I say what like- if it's like the
1: thing from uh base that just like slowly just comes out of the ground. just
0: <laughs> That is a horrifying thought.
3: Hey, what they eat looks kind of like gray matter, like that sludgy stuff oh that my they God, always
0: right. eat. Cust- yeah, yeah. Custard? yeah, custard. Yeah, they eat custard, right? Yeah, but it ah, looks like sure, like, like mm. sledge. Isn't it yellow? I don't know. it's been- yeah, it's not like any of us have just been talking to all day.
3: What's the other one's names? I know Baba. You got
0: Tinky Winky, yeah, it was Tinky Dipsy, Dipsy
1: Poe, po and, and
3: Baba. It's like Baba and Poe.
1: I don't think that's right. No, no it's not. It's not Baba? Lala. 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 Yeah. I was close. I remember I close was like Poe. Right. What was Is it
3: Tinky Winky? Poe was yeah. my favorite, yeah.
0: Tinky Winky. Tinky Winky is the, the purplish blue one, I think. I think Dipsy you know so is How do I know so much about this? Po is, is this. red, right? Yeah. I always laugh.
1: Poe. <laughs> I was just thinking I was just thinking Game Grumps
0: right, fucking
3: episode
1: of play that game.
3: After this, we're gonna sit down and watch Teletubbies together, okay? I can't
1: believe I remember more. And we get the
3: popcorn. I saw a meme talking, as much as
1: that. I saw a meme that made me feel talked about the baby that was the son.
3: Yes. She's got, in a grown ass adult now with yeah, her own baby. Yeah, and
0: I was like, I don't like I that. I know that
3: fucked me up.
0: Ooh, her baby should be the new son in the Teletubbies. Speaking
3: of things that are fucked up, Matt just told me today that the kid that played Freddie in the school I told him. Yeah, isn't that fucked up? And uh, the fact that he was 32, yeah, that like really it. fucked me up. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I really don't like it. Look at it old. Sad that he died.
1: Harry Potter celebrating its 20th anniversary, even though we don't really talk about Harry Potter. But hey, I just saw that because we have new merch coming out at work. And I was just like, oh, look at that. <sighs> oh my God. It hurts. Getting yeah. old sucks. What yeah. of the rings? Is 20 years old?
0: Well, well technic- the, technically, the, it's like a lot well, older. The, the, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. In his research, Junior Hicks research, over 400 accounts of the UFO phenomenon were documented and eventually published in his book, like I mentioned, The Utah UFO Display. Uh, Included in these stories, I'm going to say his book, obviously I mean Frank B. Salisbury as well. Included in these stories were strange fireballs, aircraft that ranged in size from 20 to 30 feet across to as large as the size of a football field. They were described variously as round, oval, cigar-shaped, and triangular. Some were surrounded by a glowing green light, others emitted wavy red beams, and others um, uh, appeared to shoot colored lights from their underbellies. By the 1970s, the Utah Highway Patrol was getting so many UFO calls that the troopers stopped filling out incident reports. At the same time, local ranchers also began to report bizarre cattle mutilations. The 19 late 1960s, early 1970s is really where the cattle mutilation started to take off. And me and Joss have said it before on this podcast, and I'm going to say it now, but it is one of the most bizarre phenomena that happens to this day, and there is no explanation for it, and no one has ever been caught in doing so, which is very, very strange. No one's been caught associating with cattle mutilations it, at all.
1: And the thing is, too, uh, I mean, because you, you don't hear about cattle mutilation a lot, and people are like, oh, it's just it's a phenomenon that stops. it." I mean, I guarantee it still happens, but farmers the, just don't have... One, the resources or the time to just go out because I mean, really, there's not much you can do about it. They, I mean, you call the law; the law's just yeah, gonna what come are they gonna out. Do? Yeah, they're exactly. gonna be like, okay, you got a dead cow. Like, there's not much
0: you can do, unfortunately. I'm sure some even don't even think of it as a cattle mutilation. Like, they might come across it and just think it it died or a, a scavenger or some predator got to it.
3: Or it's just well, so well, normal the th- that they're like, all right. well, well that's but- the thing
1: too with cattle mutilations when they find like the calves or the. Bulls or whatever like the scavengers like there's never
0: any scavenger marks because it's like they avoid it mm-hmm. yeah it's very very odd i know there's a, a disease where like blood can coagulate and then it kind of expands the body and the more fleshy parts of the calf are exposed which of course predators go towards the more fleshy parts that's why I like the tongues and like the genitals and shit like the that, the butthole uh yeah, yeah will be what's eaten first which man eating ass <laughs> <laughs> um, like
3: literally eating a butthole yeah
0: which might explain it but then there are other accounts especially one that i'll get into probably part two of the series it just kind of blows it out of the water it's like this just does not seem like any predator would ever go near it, it doesn't seem like it was stricken with a disease or some kind of like um uh stress induced whatever but um yeah so over the years uh many of the eyewitnesses that saw saw these UFOs, even saw living beings in the windows or portholes of some of these crabs. God, that fucks with me so much. Yeah. Could you just, I, I just, I can't imagine seeing the silhouette of some sort of being anywhere it shouldn't be. It doesn't no. have to be a craft that's flying through the air. I don't know if I'm, if. Like on what your if roof, like if, in
3: the movie Signs. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah, I know. Oh. Fuck that scene.
0: M.I. Shalom. Ding dong. How dare you do that? Ugh. Uh,
3: That scene is the creepiest scene in the whole movie, I swear.
0: One of the other one where it walks out in the aisle or the little alleyway. Oh, didn't like in the middle birthday party? Yeah. 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 That's creepy too, man. I I do like that movie. Uh, But Junior Hicks, he also actually sought permission from the tribal elders to explore Dark Canyon that I previously mentioned. Uh, And he had heard that, of course, there were century or there were skinwalkers there and that there was a century old petroglyphs there that depicted the skinwalker. But ultimately, he was denied his request. Damn. Uh, There has actually been a petroglyph discovered near Werewolf Ridge. Uh, on uh, Skinwalker Ranch that does seem to depict tribal stories. And they actually come across this rock, or maybe it's a different rock, um, in the show on History Channel. And, of course, they have someone out there that says, yeah, this definitely looks like uh, constellations and yada, yada, yada. It looks like it matches up with, like, Navajo or Ute, you know, type of drawings. I'm like, oh, wow, how about that? It's pretty cool. During the time of this UFO flap, some other things occurred that I'd like to mention. In 1961, Benton Locke, sells his western portion of Skinwalker Ranch to Kenneth and Edith Myers for $5,000. So it is at this point, I do believe, that now Kenneth and Edith Myers completely own the ranch. In 1968, Bottle Hollow Resort is built. Now what is that, you might ask? Well, the motel and convention center at Bottle Hollow was built with federal money to help the northern Ute tribe with economic diversity and provide jobs for tribal members. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, well, what's the you know, importance of this? Well, in 1970, Bottle Hollow Reservoir was constructed by the U.S. Army Corps. The name was given for its use to literally be a hole where people would throw their empty bottles into. Short and simple and to the point.
1: Simply times.
0: The 420-acre man-made reservoir... On Ute land abutting the ranch, uh, which was filled with fresh water in 1970 by the federal government mandate, has obtained its own paranormal identity like many other places within the Great Basin. In 1998, a police officer saw a large light plunge into the reservoir and then reemerge flying off into the night sky. According to the hunt for the Skinwalker, four young men witnessed a glowing ball dive into the water just a few feet from the shore, then emerged second later, seconds later Excuse me, in a new form. The
1: aliens are in the oceans.
0: A shimmering, maneuverable, belt-shaped shaft of light. Hunt shaft. for the Skinwalker says, quote, After performing a brief writhing aerial dance, the belt of light zipped away at a high rate of speed, hugging the ground before disappearing below the top of Skinwalker Ridge. End quote. Now, I love that, Josh, you said that the aliens are in the ocean because did you happen to see the newest UFO video uh, that was propagated and released by Jeremy Corbell that I showed you in bed one day that literally was <clears throat> of a... Um, I think it was a, a aircraft carrier or some battleship or some Navy ship's camera, and it just showed this black orb over the ocean, and it literally just slowly went into the water. Hmm. And And the people are talking in the background, too, and they're like, oh, it splashed down, it splashed down. And they're, of course, saying no Navy lingo and such of that in the background. I'm just it's, saying... It's fucking awesome. We don't
1: know. I'm just saying NASA started by... The- they, you know, investigating the ocean, and all of a sudden they're trying to get off planet. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, what do they find? I, mm-hmm. I read another story.
0: Did you hear about this? You can um, read. Believe um, it sorry. or not, <laughs> you never stop. <laughs> There's, oh, uh, oh, god, where was it? Indone- never Indonesia, Indonesia, yeah, maybe. Never mm-hmm. stop. Well, recently, unfortunately, there was an, I think, a nuclear submarine that. Maybe, oh
3: yeah, you told me about that. That
0: disappeared off radar, and people couldn't find it. They started freaking out. Where the fuck's it at? Well, they finally found its-, its just la- like the spaceship. Well, they finally the found thing. its last whereabouts, and unfortunately, it was at the bottom of the ocean, basically, and all like 30, 40 members have died, but- and it's a nuclear submarine? I, I, well, see, I say that because for some reason it feels right, but I don't think so now. I feel like it's <laughs> way just- I, I don't think it'd be a nuclear submarine, honestly, uh, but it was a submarine. Um, but apparently, while they were searching- I don't know if it was like the Indonesian- you know, Police or whatever it was, and I'm like can't remember. If it's in Indonesia. I just say it is. Uh, but some submarine disappeared, and when they went to go search for it, some of them found um, some sort of like metal or some sort of substance that they have absolutely no idea what it is or where it came from. Spooky, spooky, spooky. You are right. It is Indonesia. In, in, Indonesia. And then I found a video that someone recorded that I don't think is. Uh, altered in any way but it shows this weird cylindrical thing coming out of the sky and falling directly into the water and i think someone had went out there to find out what had crashed but found absolutely no wreckage yes as an indonesian navy says that it found an unknown object with strong magnetic resonance in search for its missing submarine which has less than 24 hours of oxygen left that was about a month ago this is terrifying the submarine yeah it's horrible it's so unfortunate I could
3: not imagine no. being in that situation absolutely not I mean, like the, my opinion one of the worst ways to go I couldn't imagine
0: and being that deep the human body uh, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so however the most famous story to come out of the reservoir deals with a large aquatic black serpent that calls bottle Hollow home. Stories originating from the utes about the serpent began to spring up shortly after it was filled with water. However, one story emerged that would prove to be deadly and add to the Bottle Hollow lore. One night, a man and a woman were swimming in Bottle Hollow. They were not alone, however, as a few bystanders were hanging around the shore. Suddenly, the woman started screaming that something had got her leg and was trying to pull her under the surface. The man accompanying her swam underwater to fight off whatever had hold of the woman, saying he believed it was some kind of big serpentine beast. Unfortunately, by the time he had rescued the woman and swam to shore, she had drowned. Now, we are, of course, we were all thinking that there is surely a reasonable explanation to what had happened, one that doesn't some, involve some killer cryptid, but the bystanders stood in unison in support that the aquatic serpent was there. That is the explanation they went with because they saw it with their own eyes. But we're unsure. So in 1987, Kenneth Myers dies. And Edith Myers now lives alone at the ranch. I think this is a good time to point out something here. In Salisbury's first edition of his book, The Utah UFO Display, nothing at all is ever mentioned about the ranch. I I was going to say that earlier, but I wanted to wait yeah even though people in you know, the books online articles whatever it may be talk about skinwalker skinwalker ranch having this paranormal shit show going on for decades and decades and decades yeah, it didn't start until the gormans or what, the, the shermans yeah
1: yeah uh, so i'm so familiar with them being called the, the gormans like, well it's just ingrained in my ma- my memory well so
0: many people claim that excuse me that you know this stuff's been going on forever, yeah. But right. of all the people that Hicks had interviewed, and I'm sure Salisbury did some as well, none of them ever talked about Skinwalker Ranch yeah, like the Shermans did. It just really seemed like it all kind of started with them. Like yeah.
1: maybe if there's some, like, because I'm a firm believer that some people are just more open to. Right. We're like more sensitive yes. to more just able the, to perceive yeah. the paranormal realm. Or I mean, that's kind of how fact I feel. That
3: maybe they're drawn more to certain. That's kind of how I general. feel about
1: like just my yeah. family yeah, yeah, yeah. in general. Because I have kind of a firm belief that like my family has some kind of like weird connection. Because like literally, my entire like my mom, my dad, me, my sister, have all had kind of weird experiences. I mean, since very young. I mean, how me and my sister shared dreams. Their nightmares I should say in one of our old houses and that still fucks with me and it just I don't know i it I've always had kind of a firm belief that certain people and
0: families are more susceptible to certain things yeah I mean it doesn't seem like that bad of a a theory to me to be honest I mean I I mean it's similar to like
1: hearing uh different frequencies Mm -hmm. I mean some people can hear higher frequencies some people can't
0: yeah, exactly, and who's to say you know you what that plays a part of in the paranormal yeah. world. Um, I mean, I've never really talked to uh, to my my brother or sister-in-law or anything like that about it, but I know my parents have had their fair share of experiences. My mom, Jesus Christ. It's one of those deals where it's kind of like I thought to myself, oh, Mom, did you ever experience anything weird? And then she just went off, kept <laughs> yep. going and kept going. I'm just like, okay. I was just kind of kidding, but thanks. I know it's just a lot of weird stuff, yeah. but... Um, yeah, it's. I would say that definitely people, some people are more in tune with it. I feel like it's almost. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, it's almost, It's kind of like an ability. It's kind of like it's like a your third it's like eye a partially gift. It's open. Like a, it's like a gift somehow bestowed upon you. And I'm not sure how you meet the prerequisites of that gift in order to obtain it. Really, but um, I yeah, I'm not sure what to say. What makes you in tune with it? But it does seem that it affects more people than others for sure. So, yeah, when Hicks and Salisbury were conducting research for their book, you know, in the late 60s, early 70s, and no one had ever really, they, that they interviewed, had ever really talked about Skinwalker Ranch, apparently. So Salisbury, when he found out about Skinwalker Ranch later, because now there is a second edition of the book that I do believe includes information on Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. Um when he, went, when he first learned about it, he was like, wait a minute, what the fuck's Ken Walker Ranch? What the hell's going on here? So he set out to investigate, and at the time, the Myers were the owners of that property. So he's like, well, who better talk about this place that apparently has a bunch of weird shit going on than the people that actually live on the weird, shitty place? He came across a gentleman by the name of Garth Myers, who was actually the brother to Kenneth Myers. Which, I think this is the guy I was thinking of earlier. It might have been. Which Kenneth and Edith were the two, of course, that owned and lived on the land for nearly 60 years at this point. So d- despite Hunt for the Skinwalker book saying that the property was bought by the Myers in the 1950s, I just want to remind you that they actually had leased part of it way back in 1934. So Kenneth and Edith lived on the property without anything supposedly strange happening until Kenneth died in 1987 at the age of 86. Edith continued to live on the property alone for five years until she had to move out into a nursing home where she lived until 1994. Garth Myers told Salisbury that for the 60 years his brother and sister-in-law lived on the property, they never experienced anything strange. Even when Edith moved into the nursing home, nothing was ever reported then either. However, according to Salisbury, Garth didn't seem to be the type of person that even remotely believed in, let alone wanted to talk about the paranormal. It seemed like anything paranormal, whether it was his stories or not, he just said, no, there's no fucking there's, way. There's definitely people like that. My oh,
1: grandfather yeah. is the very much that kind of person. Like, oh, is he? Like a spirit, me and my dad kind of joke about it, but like a ghost could smack him in the face. Uh, and he yeah. would be
0: like... Mm-hmm. No, it was something else.
3: He's not even skeptical. You just completely closed yep. off to the whole idea. Exactly.
0: It. Garth even said that all the other phenomenon that was engulfing the Uinta Basin was just stories and tall tales, nothing more. And I'm not going to read the entire thing, obviously, but there is a website called verytopsecret.info <laughs> and then the rest of the fucking you know, URL. Uh, but it is says Skinwalker Ranch original owner slash family member sets the record straight. And uh, it talks about an interview that uh, I believe uh, that Salisbury had with Garth Myers. And it's he's simply you know telling here, no, they didn't experience anything at all. There was nothing, quote here, there was nothing unequivocally, absolutely nothing that went on while she and my brother lived there. From you know, 34 to 92, basically. So take that with what you will. He's never seen anything there. He knows his brother and his sister-in-law apparently have never seen anything there either. However, Junior Hicks also remembers when he was researching and investigating during this time that a gentleman at a local convenience store told him that if he wanted to hear some real UFO stories, that he needs to go talk with Edith Myers. The other hand here is, besides just absolutely not seeing anything paranormal whatsoever, he could have been the person, or perhaps his brother and sister-in-law could have been the people, that if they did see something, and they were so heavily to not believe it, they wouldn't even talk about it. Yeah, Or they would be, just like your grandfather, completely dismiss it. Even if they knew deep inside, oh my God, that was a ghost, but well, I'm not going to tell anybody. They could have just simply been like, no, that wasn't that. Who am I kidding, right? Right. You not want to kid yourself. So after Edith's passing, ownership of the ranch went to Garth and his sisters, which they didn't want the land at all for any reason. And they ended up selling it to the Shermans in 1994. And it will be with the Shermans where this story really starts to take place. Yep. So Terry Sherman was a very accomplished rancher his intuition his intellect his common sense allowed him to excel at almost anything and, he, t- and terry had earned himself a reputation in some states as an expert in raising top quality cemental and black angus show cattle and he had learned the art of artificial insemination and had taught the rest of his family that oh yeah so like he, i mean it's good money too oh god yeah these these cows these bulls they're very expensive you know, and his neighbors and other rancher friends saw it as good for a year to not lose any more than five percent of your cattle. That was their goal, basically. But for uh, Sherman or the Gormans in the book, and and I'm I'm saying this two hours in basically. But if I say you know Sherman, I mean Gorman and vice versa. Yeah. And same with you know, their names, Terry and. Uh, if it was Tom or Ellen and it was Gwen, you know, it's all interchangeable. But the Gormans, for the... I like the Gormans better. Yeah, Gormans. The Gormans, however, saw it as a good year if that number was no more than 1%. So, very meticulous on how they, you know, bred and raised and just kept their cattle alive, basically. You know, because, again, it was their livelihood. So, when they received this house... They had an inkling of the U. Uh, excuse me, the Uintah Basin and what was going on there, but they didn't know what was happening on the ranch if there technically was anything at all. Again, the Myers said, "Uh-uh, there wasn't anything." So there was a strange clause in the real estate contract. It said that no digging on the land without prior warning to the previous owners. And now this has gone back decades and decades before, too. Even um, Benton Locke, or no, excuse me, was it Benton Locke or Christopher Locke, who said the strange person that came up in uh, period-appropriate clothing, but then had some blue one-piece sparkling suit underneath it or whatever, and said, don't dig. Don't dig in these specific areas. Um, However, there is something that has come about uh, that could possibly explain that. Supposedly it has to do with oil rights, which apparently is something that's fairly common, especially out in the southwest. The Myers retained the mineral rights to the land when they sold it, meaning that they owned any oil under the land if it was to be discovered later. So that could be a potential cause as to why the, the real estate uh, excuse me, yeah, the real estate contract said no digging. Maybe it wasn't something necessarily supernatural, but very just natural. And uh, you and I, Cassandra, when you've watched the the show with me, we've seen them plenty of times say, "Don't dig on the property, don't dig." And there's one gentleman who's who apparently has some weird like growth or he had
3: like swelling in the brain swelling they not like growth.
0: That. So, yeah, swelling in his head. Uh, whenever they would start digging, or at least whenever they would start digging in certain areas, so he had been hospitalized for that. So, yeah, the whole not digging thing is chalked up. To whatever you want it to be Whether it be paranormal or not I'm not entirely sure But it does seem like The whole digging route Goes more in favor of the paranormal route Rather than just That's my oil, don't touch it That's my black gold Some other things they noticed That were weird When they first approached the property Is that Just like Josh had said earlier The ranch house Had heavy duty deadbolts On every door Inside and outside it also had bolts according to them and some of the neighbors that there were locks on all cabinets and all windows yeah pretty much if it opened they if it they opened locked it. they fucking locked it Toilet now seat? Oh, oh shit <laughs> i don't know i don't mm-hmm. know now garth I don't know if Kenneth or Edith ever said this, but Garth Meyer says no. I don't remember any of those locks ever being there whatsoever. But you think that'd be pretty easy to find out because mm-hmm. they'd still be there, right? Uh, but yeah, no one's... Or
3: at least, like, evidence that they were there.
0: Like... Yeah, well, exactly. You'd think one would be around if they are on every cabinet yeah, you know, window Garth door. Garth said it, but what did Wayne say? <laughs> Wayne's World! That's what he said. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, there was bolts on every window, every door, every... every um, Cabinet. Uh, people thought, well, perhaps kids, you know, kind of child safety laws. Yeah,
3: you don't go putting deadbolts on every
2: fucking you door. You don't. <laughs> and
0: <laughs> no. plus, the last 60 years of uh, Kenneth and Edith Myers, mm-hmm. they were childless. They didn't have any children. At the end, or excuse me, at each end of the farmhouse, there were large metal chains attached to huge rings that were embedded securely into the wall. Assumingly, for very large guard dogs, but yeah, there was like never any being
1: like centuries, essentially.
0: Yeah, and there was never evidence of guard dogs being there. So, to have all the deadbolts on everything that opened and closed, and to possibly have two big, large guard dogs out there, what could you possibly be afraid of that bad? Maybe it was just no normal, even though you're out in the middle of a 480, possibly 512. Acre land with the nearest town being maybe like 20, 30 miles away, vernal, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're going to have, you know, where we live now, people just walking up and down the street. And that's another thing with this, with the possible idea of hoax or vandalism, whatnot. I mean, it seems pretty rare for someone to go out of their way to get on this. Yeah, that's a long way. And here's the thing the gate, there's one entrance, unless, of course, you cross the river, there's a gate. And once you go through the gate, you start have to track a quarter of a mile just to get to the first homestead. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this
1: example only makes sense to the three of us sitting here, but that would be like me going to your house growing up
0: to mm-hmm. prank you. Yeah. That where makes I sense. And, and that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. But, and that's one thing my dad told me when we At that we were young, point, just call him because yeah. give a
3: prank phone call. <laughs>
0: Is your refrigerator running? <laughs> oh, it's not?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs>
0: um, But that's one thing my dad, because, of course, when I was younger and then- started learning about, you know, the bad things in the world. You know, what if someone did break into the house? You know, what if I did hear weird noise outside? So my dad and dad simply told me, dude, we we are so far from the town and uh, we are so far off of the road. No one's ever going to come back. And no one ever did. No one ever came. There. I don't know, except one house that I think possibly had someone at least attempting to break See, into. my
3: brain would, you know, Terrified of everything mode would kick in and be like, well, we're not, you know, really visible. So that's why people are going to come break in the because we're in the side middle of, it. of like literally one of my biggest fears ever growing up was being murdered. Like I oh, yeah, constantly sure, had course. no, like overly scared of being, like, I had an unreasonable amount of belief that oh, I would be murdered for some reason. Like every night, checking every window and door multiple times, staying awake at night, thinking I was going to be murdered. Like every Fucking sound I heard in the house. Oh God, someone's coming to murder me. Maybe I was self-absorbed. I don't know why someone would want to murder specifically me, but it was a legit fear. So if I lived in your parents' house, I'd probably be even more scared about being murdered. I remember <laughs> one of
0: the scariest things in my parents' house, and I can't remember if I mentioned this on our um <clears throat> Our Strange Tales episode or not, but I remember looking out my front door, front glass door, and it was just dark completely just dark but i thought i saw something blacker than black out there moving And i I was a lot younger and i was just like oh you guys have
1: a big yard too Mm -hmm.
0: so i ran into like
3: no street lights and shit like that i would not like to live there
0: i I, um, mean like i continue your story but i'll talk about how dark it was i was gonna say i remember going into my room later i don't know if i like ran into it right from that moment or if i was up later and went into my room later uh but my window was open, and I thought I saw something black and black there, too. And I was just like, what the fuck's happening? Told Dad. Dad, he didn't go outside or anything, but he looked out the window and didn't see anything. But come the next morning, there were horse tracks all oh, over the, the front yard. Don't know where the horses came from. I mean, we are
3: in the middle of Bethel. There's a lot of well, land. There was definitely some horses bound to be Well, around. no,
0: I know of neighbors that had horses. Yeah. But not of them, knowing like of getting them out, getting and, out. And, yeah. What if it's a phantom horse? The phantom <gasps> horse of
1: so I remember the the farm next to you had those horses because i yeah. mean we had scared shitless one time because it snorted by the oh well yeah pants they, and we were just like
0: fuck. they were holding the horses for a few neighbors down when that neighbor got caught for like animal abuse and went to jail oh but uh
1: right.
2: but yeah, yeah talking about how
1: dark it was i remember one time when we used to do like the zombie light thing like mm-hmm. running to the end of the uh driveway and us getting scared shitless because there's that deer that was there and it like took off and just fucking ran across the field and we didn't see it until
0: we were like right on top of it. Oh, what the fuck?
3: I mean, there really is. Like, there's no city light. There's no street lights. It's so cool, though. No, not cool.
0: (laughs) It's scary. So, okay, let's get back to the story because we're about finishing it out here. Uh, But I'm going to talk about the first real instant that happened on this land. Yeah, this one's uh, interesting. perhaps a follow-up on it, too, that just kind of coincides with it. So after noticing that there were weird locks everywhere and the supposed like dog leashes, if you will, and the remoteness of this area, they go out one day, Terry and uh and Gwen here, and they're uh attending their cattle like normal, or at least supervising them. And they're with uh one of their one of their boys, I believe, and they see this wolf off in the distance, and they said that it seems to be running at incredible speed. About 400 yards away, they can see this thing. And it's slowly approaching them. Well, I shouldn't say slowly, incredible speed. It's It seems it's slowly approaching them, but it's, of course, running very fast. But, and Terry was an excellent marksman, and he could tell the relationship between distance and height of this animal. And he assumed that this animal had to be very huge, whatever it was that was coming. So, The beast stopped within about 100 feet of the family. Terry's prized Angus calves that were around in the the corral. Uh, Eventually Saul took notice of this animal and they kind of started freaking out but they weren't thinking too much of it. Um, And one decided to shove its head out between a couple of the bars in the corral to kind of like, hey, what's going on? So the wolf from 100 feet away slowly starts to walk and approach the family, and the wolf came up to the family. And Terry apparently, supposedly, was even able to pet this wolf.
1: And when and we say wolf, we don't mean like just your standard. I mean, wolves are large, but yeah, they say this thing was like.
0: They say this thing
1: was... like, thing like was the a,
3: wolves from Twilight.
1: Yes, exactly, yeah, exactly. Jacob. Or even like the Jacob. dire wolves from the uh, Dire yeah, uh, Game of Thrones. Like they, they or even like, the dire wolves that used to live like ten thousand years ago. Yeah, like
0: three. You're like big. three, four feet tall. Well, like this thing was supposedly supposed to be about five feet tall.
2: It's five almost my five head. It's feet
0: fucking... tall. The wolf, and it's on its all fours. It's not like on its mm-hmm. back two legs or anything. Yeah, and on they, they felt calm enough to be able to to pet it. it. They fuck, fuck that. that. Uh-uh. They said it, quote unquote, had a zen-like nature. The wolf did. It was just After there. It comes
3: charging at them. Sure, I'm just gonna go fucking pet it.
0: And I was listening to a podcast where they did their first part on this series and then people had rode in talking about how they had gone to like wolf preservation mm-hmm. before. Yeah. I know a podcast you were talking about. Yeah. And they were able to actually just Pat calmly that, yeah. pet the wolves like it's normal actually. Mm-hmm. So maybe this isn't so wild well, yeah, and crazy.
1: I mean, my friends have had uh like two of my best friends they have gotten uh they did like their anniversary photos at a wood sanctuary it's yeah. so fucking but i feel like it's awesome.
3: different than a wild roaming wolf
1: yeah that, that, well, and exactly. they're not Kinda. as
0: large right. they're not fucking four five right. feet tall exactly so this thing was about five feet tall it was calm that's like it, it me was, and wolf it, size it was yeah it was gray in color it had light blue eyes which is odd and uh must have been around 200 pounds and it was so big it came up to terry's chest and terry was a little above six feet tall as they were thinking to themselves shit cool new pet the wolf all of a sudden just seemed to snap and it turned around and started to well it ran over and started to attack the calf that put his head put its head through the corral it, gra- it grabbed it with its mouth oh, hey the guys, head gonna of that cow and started to try and pull it through the fence. So Terry freaked the fuck out, obviously. He ran over and he swiftly started kicking the giant beast. Yes. He kicked it twice he in the ribs, the but it had no effect.
1: Well, I mean, when you... I know, that's yeah, not my money. Well, yeah, when yeah. you got that much money invested, I mean, they're hitting this thing, kicking, I think... I know, but the money's other, pointless
3: if you're dead. I think the even the family you.
1: was... T- getting
0: in they were kicking it hitting it i
1: think he even talked mm-hmm. about hitting it with like a bat or some shit yep, at one terry point. soon
0: grabbed the baseball bat and started beating on the wolf to no avail his son i think even came over at some point and started kicking the wolf yeah. as well uh terry then had his son go retrieve his 357 magnum terry took aim and delivered a shot to the animal's abdomen the wolf didn't yelp it didn't pause it didn't even fucking bleed it didn't care Terry pumped two more shots, and on the third shot, the beast released the calf and then turned its attention to Terry, no more than 10 feet away. As the staring contest commenced, Terry then shot a fourth time and struck the animal near its heart. Still, absolutely nothing.
3: Was it on bath salts?
0: at this point believing his colt was useless he had his son fetch him his 30-06 and I'll be damned if I saw a Ford truck the other day that literally had the license plate 30 AUT-6 on it I'm like these people man they love their guns this 30-06 Terry had killed elk with it from over 200 yards away before he raised his weapon and fired absolutely nothing The sound of the shot ringing throughout the land was unmistakable. It had entered the animal's flesh, but yet it showed no signs of pain or discomfort. Terry shot it again and watched as a chunk of seemingly immortal wolf meat exited the animal's hide. Immortal
3: wolf meat just does not sit well with me.
0: The beast slowly turned and started to trot away, unaffected. As the monstrosity treaded lightly back from whence it came, Terry with the 30-06 still in hand and giving his son the magnum, they decided that they were going to chase the animal. Because, obviously, since he was a rancher, he doesn't want this fucking thing going around killing his livestock. Again, that's his livelihood. That is where his money's invested. It's how he makes a living.
1: Can I just say that Immortal Wolf Meat sounds like the most metal oh, fucking yeah. name for a band? 100%. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I'm sitting here are Immortal Wolf Meat. Yeah. <laughs>
0: This first no, song yeah. is Have called.
1: Have you played with them before? This first
0: this first song is called. We're gonna eat your cattle. <laughs> <laughs> Next one's called. <laughs> so from traveling through the wet grass and other soaked fauna that was around, the footprints left by the deathless brute of a canine were easily noticed. Terry was an experienced tracker, like I said before, and was able to follow the beast through the tree line. There was never any blood found in or around or even between the impressions. After trekking through thickets and all sorts of undergrowth, they had finally approached the creek. And at this point, Terry believes that they had ran about a mile chasing this thing. They can still see the wolf's tracks and continue to follow them for a short while. The tracks acted as the river's shadow, traversing alongside the flowing water for some time and then... They eventually disappeared without a trace, gone. They said that the river was, God, I can't remember how large, like 60 feet or so. There's no way it could have leaped over it. No way they could have gone through it. They were tracking it with absolutely no problems. And all of a sudden it just vanished. No other footprint could be found. In the coming days, His wife was heading home from her job at the local mortgage company, and she drove up to the gate on her property, opened it, drove through, and closed the gate. As she got back in her car and prepared to drive the last quarter mile stretch to their homestead, all of a sudden, she was staring into the light blue eyes of a huge wolf-like creature right outside her door. The creature had to lower its head to look in through the window. Ew. I've been trying to reach you for your, uh, car hard extended your extended warranty. Yeah. car's warranty, ma'am. <laughs> During this incident, she noticed another wolf-like creature in the pasture behind the animal that was outside her car door. Terrified, she hit the pedal and drove home as fast as she could. She made a complaint to the local tribal office, but she was puzzled by their response. Nobody owned any wolves around here. And the last wolf to been in these parts was shot and killed in 1929. The book mentions that these events took place in 1994, which is a full year before a herd of gray wolves were transplanted into the Yellowstone Park in central Idaho. Also and in December the best year the best year year and in December of 2002, <laughs> one of those wolves would be caught in a trap near Ogden, Utah, and in 2004, a couple of wolves were spotted around vernal. But other than that, right it's, especially around that time when she had this encounter, there were supposed to be no wolves around. But with those two initial reports of the beginning of the Sherman's demise on this property is where we are going to end part we one of even, this We haven't even
1: into the meat. We are just fucking... The wolf meat? I was yeah. just going to say Terry did. Well, a little that's bit. the thing, too. Is when they talked about the meat,
0: like and when they went back... They talked about how it smelled already like rot. Yeah, no, you're right. When they came back, it seemed like the meat was something that came – or it came off of something that had already been dead. Or had just been sitting there for fucking days uh, and days and days. And, again, there was no blood or anything around it. It was just odd. But that – and that was within the first few days of them moving on to the ranch. And it only got worse and worse from there. And, man, oh, man – I cannot wait to get into it yep, in I'm part excited. two. And, of course, part three. Part three has its own occurrences that are just fucking wild. There so. is a lot of weirdness. So, yeah, that will do it for part one of the Skinwalker Ranch series. Uh, yeah. no if you guys want to hit us up on social media, TFR Pod official again on Twitter, Father Tweet on Facebook and Instagram and the Father Tweet Podcast at gmail.com. We got a TikTok too. Read the with book. Put some content there. Read the book, Hunt for the Skinwalker.
1: Like it's it's one of the best paranormal books I have read.
0: Yeah, and even if you don't want to read it for like research purposes like I did and you just want to read it for fun, it's very it's a, fun it, it's, to ve- read. it's
1: very well written. It, the pacing's great. It's phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Uh George Knapp, Column Keller, you guys did a great job. Um yeah, if you guys want to go try and investigate Skinwalker Ranch and possibly get shot and die, you can. Not do that. Yeah, don't we, do that. We do not abide that at all. Um, don't trespass. Trespassing's bad. That is bad. That is that is very bad. Good job, Josh. Good job noting that. Um, you know, we got some things coming down the pipeline, as Josh would say. I'm stealing that from him. Uh, we're still working on getting some uh God, some kinks been figured out. Saying
1: this for fucking like every episode, but we've we're figuring it out. We've had it, some hiccups. Life just keeps finding a way to fuck us in the ass. I know, little but surely but we're, we're we're getting, we're getting there. there. It's, it's just a, uh, it's it's a fucking like a two man operation over here.
0: Yeah, you hear that, Cassandra? It's two men.
1: Just well, I'm just, not
3: a man, so just
0: two men, just two people. It seems like oh god,
3: my chop liver.
0: <laughs> Ew, god, no! Don't be chop liver. <laughs> Should uh, we take
3: a moment to shout out a congratulations to your former co-host?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if he wants us or not, but I don't care, Brady. Is now a married man. Congratulations, Brady! Good, Brady! If you're listening to this, if you made it all the way to the end. Yay! We're so happy for you. Congratulations, buddy. We love you. We miss you. Yeah, we really do miss you.
1: And if this is your first episode, you can go back to like our first, like, several episodes and hear Brady because he used to be with us and then he left.
3: And then they had to replace him with me. Oh, yeah. Sorry.
0: Double whammy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Sorry, I'm never going to be able no, to fill his. Just kidding. Size 12 I love you. Loafers. I
0: love you here. I love your, 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 what? The size what loafers?
3: I don't know. It seems like it'd be a size 12 Sperry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking clue. Brady, Brady, let us know your shoe <laughs> size. All right. But is he not a Sperry? I don't know what the what fuck's the, A Sperry? a bird. It's a shoe. Oh my <laughs> god! Those
3: That's
0: I know a big ass say. bird.
3: Those fucking preppy <laughs> ass boat shoes that we all used to wear in high school. He's Wait, a, what? He's a Sperry What are you yeah. doing?
0: Don't show me a Journey's catalog. Stop I'm doing mad. this. I'm showing all Josh. right, we got to get the fuck off of here and get research ready for yeah, part hi. two and part three. So We're I bye. have been Matthew. That has been Josh, bye. and this has been Cassandra. Bye, bye everybody. Have a Goodbye. great time. Bye. <laughs> Hey, everyone. We here at The Farthest Reaches want to say thank you because you, the listeners, make all of this possible. Please share our podcast with your friends, your family, or total strangers. You can find and connect with us on Facebook at The Farthest Reaches Podcast, Instagram at The Farthest Reaches, or Twitter at TFRPodOfficial. There, we will be posting all sorts of strange stuff and updates for upcoming episodes and whatever else we get ourselves into. If you would like to share a personal story by chance, then you can reach us at our email, thefarthestreachespodcast@gmail. at gmail. We would love to hear from you, and maybe we will even tell your story to the world. In the meantime, though, explore the elusive, seek the knowledge of the obscure, and together, we can translate this strange language of reality into something that we can understand. With that said, thanks for tuning in.